BBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to instil in you the budget. Yes, how much more are your cigarettes going to cost? How much more are they going to pump onto your booze tax? Is your mortgage going to be higher? Will petrol go up? Who knows? We shall have to wait until a bit. I'm so excited. I'm on tender hooks this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely excited. Beyond belief. The other thing I'm a little bit less excited about, and you will be as well, if you're taking your car in for an MOT, because in Europe, they have just decided, and it comes in here from tomorrow, 20 additional safety checks on your motor vehicle, including brakes, steering and lighting. And so it's going to come in. The AA are issuing a warning. It hasn't made any of the papers, so I've decided I would tell you about it this morning, just to make sure that we're all going to be okay about it. Because if most of you scrape through with some of the wrecks I see driving about on the road, you're going to be completely befuddled by this one, because it's going to take you... So I'm just opening my envelope. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be really, really bad, I'm afraid. Really, really bad. So uh, just be warned, it could cost you an arm and a leg, just when you thought. I mean, of course, you know what happened happen today, don't you? Prior to the budget, and I'll have to do the same, we'll all be queuing up at garages, putting petrol into the car, working on the assumption they're going to put the price of petrol up. It's their little, their little thing, isn't it? Do, oh, God, let's put the price of petrol up. Let's really screw the motorist. And that's what happens. They put the price of petrol up. And, so we, all say, and we buy it, because unless you can power your car on budgies, there isn't any point, is it? You might as well just pay for it. There's also a rumour circulating in the, in the show business world today. So I'm just opening another car. And it's uh, the rumour of another arrest of a high-profile celebrity. Um, there's some names in the frames. Can't even hint at who they are, but, you know, whether or not it's just a, a story, I don't know. We'll find out probably a little bit later on this morning. Thank you to those people still sending in birthday cards. They're very sweet. There's one here who says, uh, you lighten my life, you ease my pain. Jeff Brazier. No, it's not actually Jeff Brazier, though. That's from Ron. Thank you very much indeed, Ron. And uh, another one here from... Who's this one from? Uh, Have a cough-free year, says uh, Connie in Brighton. Actually, I thought I did quite well yesterday. I thought we did quite well. I did finish the programme, and and I did have a, a mild cough. It was, it was nothing particularly special. I was, I, was, I was quite good. And I do feel as though it has passed. And I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday. He said, oh, I feel terrible, I feel terrible. I said, I hope to goodness me that you have not got... Uh, what everybody else has got at the moment. It's doing the rounds. I can only apologise. I can only sort of say, I'm terribly sorry it's viral. I'm terribly sorry you will be suffering for a few weeks. Thank you, Monty, for the Betty Davis card. Very nice indeed. More glitter all over the place. Uh, which, of course, they, they love here in the studio. They can't get enough glitter, as you can well imagine. Nick Ferrari's show just lives on glitter. And, um, and this is from Maureen, who says, Age is a question over mind over matter. If you don't mind... It doesn't matter. Thank you very much indeed. And, uh, and we've got the scratch and sniff cards today. Plus, oh, what are we offering you on the on the gadget competition? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You'll have to wait till quarter to five to find out what it is. You'll have to, ooh, wonder what it is today. So, so far, and we obviously had a winner from yesterday. So, is it your name we're going to be reading out this morning? I hope so. And uh, so we've had two lucky winners this week, which is great, because we've only done it twice. That's why we've got two, two lucky winners. Another story as well. This is, do you know Brian Ferry's son? First of all, he has Otis, named after a lift company. And he's got another one called Merlin. Merlin Ferry. I mean, 
<laughs> you can't help feeling, you know, what the hell were you thinking about when you know? Anyway, this one's been, uh, he, um, he, he told police, I mean, God knows who he thinks he is, some little sort of upstart, to investigate real cl- crime. In way we were investigating real crime. You know, he probably talks like that. And uh, he was caught with a lock knife. This is the second time he's been caught with a knife. He's a rather stupid, pretentious little prat. And he was warned that uh, if he's caught with a blade again, he'd be locked up in Wormwood Scrubs. And second time in two years, he apparently, he was spared jail. He complained having a knife was only a problem on council estates and moaned about having to get up early to travel from his Shropshire home for court appearances. Oh, Diddums Merlin. Is you all right, lovey? Was you making your way in the world, are you? He's not the first son, as I say. Uh, uh, Brian Ferry, of course, uh, Otis, the eldest of the four sons. He's become famous for his pro-hunting political activities. I couldn't give a stuff about the uh, the Ferry sons. <coughs> but anyway, he pleaded... <coughs> excuse me, well, should I be on jury service? He was at Isleworth Crown Court, which where I did jury service as well. And he's been placed on a 12-month community order. Guilty. Thank you. You know I love doing things like that. You know I love doing it. So, anyway, plus the uh, the papers for today, and, of course, being Budget Day, you will hear the Chancellor's speech first. I'm not going to make such a big deal about it. I've done. I've covered the budget in the past for LBC, and it is that same old, same old. You know, are we going to be worse off? And the papers will be full of this, this, and at the end of the day, of course you're going to be worse off. You're never going to be better off, are you? They're never going to do a budget because they're going to try and claw in as much money as possible. There's so many asylum seekers coming in now, they're going to need more money out of you to pay for their lovely, luxurious housing in Belgravia which fell under Robert Davis's auspices yesterday, Deputy Leader of Westminster Council. And he was, saying, he was telling me some of the plans that they've got for Leicester Square. They're going to be doing various things. They're putting some statues back, knocking down the half-price ticket booth and putting up a new one in the same place, but just to make it more, more friendly. So that'll be nice when that's... I, sh- I should have said to him yesterday, not more disruption, Robert, in the square, please. I like Robert Davis, though. I feel I could phone him up and say, listen, what are you doing about this? Because I tell you what I saw yesterday. Now, I mean, you might have to ask me this question because I don't know whether this is legal or not. I, I went down yesterday after I'd finished doing. Was it yesterday? Day before? Day before? Day before? He starts walking down the road. Down, down, you know, minding my own business. La 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 la. Because it was it was cold, but no, not as cold as it's going to get. Minus twelve to fifteen, they've said. Minus twelve to fifteen. Oh, blimey. Wouldn't want to be us, would you, out in that kind of thing, and snow and wind and sleet and all the rest of it. Anyway, I'm walking down the road, and a licensed cab goes past me, and then stops at the, the red track. He's got a fag on. Now, you might have to answer me this one, Johnny. Is it legal to smoke in a cab, or is it not? I thought it was illegal, because it's a place of work, isn't it? It's not like smoking in your own car. I thought it was... And he's sitting there with this big, like, cheroot thing going on. And I'm thinking... And then today... We're sitting at the traffic lights uh, at uh, just before Piccadilly Circus, just by the Ritz, and there's a driver sitting opposite, and he was another. He was a licensed, a licensed minicab in inverted commas, and he had a fag on as well. And I thought, I didn't think you were allowed to. If it's your place of, I get a bit confused by this. If it's your place of work, I thought you weren't allowed to. And I thought cab drivers weren't allowed to smoke in the cab. I didn't think so. Somebody might have to tell me on that one. Not sure I'm going really with the Daily Star today. They've said that Coronation Street star Michael Lavelle could return to the soap after his child sex charges case is over. I think it's highly unlikely. I think it's highly unlikely. And I only say that because of the nature of the case. That's the, the, it's the only reason that I think to myself, probably not. I mean, it's not like sort of taking and driving away, is it? Or something like that, or, or possession of an, of, of an offensive weapon. This is quite serious allegations that they're making against him. And I, I think, unfortunately, knowing 
knowing how the country operates and how stupid and dumb some people are, they're going to, you know, depending on what the outcome of the case is, they're going to get what he's guilty. You know, you've heard that before. Strange that they think that he's going to be, uh, he's going to be going back to Coronation Street. I think they'll just write him out. And I think they'll then, they'll then just leave it. And then, of course, everywhere yesterday, Bill Roach, uh, fans of the soap, have called for him to be sacked over his bizarre claims that paedophile victims bring the abuse on themselves. That wasn't exactly what he said. But, of course, you know, let's lo- not let it spoil a good story. You know, so they've got the little clip of it. What he was, he's an 80-year-old man who didn't quite explain himself properly. He said there's a reason for things happening in life. You know, he didn't particularly say paedophiles. It could be all sorts of things, you know, charges. There's always a reason, he said, for it. And in his belief, in his belief, he probably thinks that there is. But that's like, you know, certain Muslims have got certain beliefs. We go, crackpots. And they go, that's their belief. He's entitled to a belief. And people go, sack Ken. He's 80, for God's sake. Most people have sort of lost the will to live by 65, or if you're on the Jeremy Kyle show, 18. 18 is the new 70 on the Jeremy Kyle show, where they really are so dumb and ugly, you can't believe it, can you? I noticed, who was it the other day? Who was in the papers the other day and who's made the papers for today? And I think it's, is it Peter Shilton who was done for, for drink driving or something? Was it... Is it Peter Shaw? I can't remember now. Wait a minute. I shall have to find it. I shall have to find it in here. Give me a couple of minutes. Yes, right. Peter Shilton. He's been... He admitted drink driving. I'm sorry, an idiot of the first order. A complete and utter idiot. But he asked for for time to pay uh, his £1,000 fine. He wanted to pay in instalments. You taking the Michael? Peter Shilton paying in instalments? He sold a court. His finances were complicated whilst he divorced his wife, Sue, because he has a new, uh, a new partner. Her name's Stephanie Haywood. She obviously can't afford a coat, so she turned up with him. I mean, you know, he's 63. He wasn't just a little bit over the limit. He was twice over the limit. What a prat you are, Peter. What a complete and utter buffoon, I'm afraid. It's, you know, you could kill somebody. If you'd killed somebody... If you'd killed somebody, how would you be feeling about it? He'd been boozing with friends during the day at the Essex home of his partner, Stephanie, and told the court he went to move his car closer to the house because he had an early start. The, uh, a neighbour tipped off the police, and, uh, and there again. I mean, he's been capped 125 times for England. You know, he's got all... It just goes to prove, isn't it? You know, somebody who can be that good and that successful when it comes to drinking and driving... They're complete bozos. But my, my finance is very complicated. Don't you have any money in your pocket in your bank account? can not you ask Bank of Tom and Jerry to give you a thousand quid to pay the fine? You've got off very lightly, pal. Very, very lightly indeed. Brilliant footballer you might have been on the road. Budget day and with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven on the day the Chancellor delivers his spring budget. Nick will be getting a very unique perspective on what Osborne's speech should cover. Plus all the latest on the PCS strike that's set to affect job centres, border controls and even galleries and museums all around London. And what now for the British savers in Cyprus? Nick will be asking if the expats can now trust their money in Cypriot banks. All of that in a full review of the day's newspapers with Chris Blackhurst today, editor of The Independent and group editorial director of Independent Newspapers and The Evening Standard as well. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari. Uh, Don't forget as well, being a Wednesday being a Wednesday, uh, we have another gadget competition. I've just had a quick look at what it is. 
very nice. I can't tell you any more about it. It's the kind of thing you must have. And uh, so we've given away a camera this week, and we've given away uh, an iPad mini. And today it's, uh, you'll have to wait. I'm going to make you wait. I'm, I'm doing what they call a tease in the business. You know, it's like, uh, and I'm going to, oh, I'll do it later. It's like, I used to do it years and years ago. I, I used to say, say to people, I'm going to, I must tell you this story. I'll tell you in a moment. And then we go back, and then people start writing in going, you haven't told us this story yet. And I go, of course I haven't. I'm doing a tease. I'm making you listen a little bit longer. Because the whole idea is I want you to listen for the whole program. There's no point in dipping in and out for a couple of minutes. I don't want anybody like that. That's far too dreary. You know, somebody nipping in saying, I've listened to Steve Allen. He's done the competition. OK, uh, I think I'll listen to something else. No, I don't want that at all. No, we don't have that. You know, I mean, you know, we are in the joy, ladies and gentlemen, in the history of the English-speaking world. This is a, this is a brand leader, this one. This particular programme you're hearing now, this is as good as it gets at this time of the morning. I know you're probably considering suicide now, thinking to yourself, if this is as good as it gets, I'd rather be somewhere else. But to be honest with you, it's budget day. We have a competition. We can smile. We can smile through the doom and the gloom and the bad weather. And, the, and it is going to get bad, apparently, over this one. And it's typical, isn't it? I'm out on Friday lunchtime. I'm out today. And I'm sort of out tomorrow. Sort of out tomorrow. I've got things to do tomorrow. I've got people to, uh, to chat to. And, yes, we did uh, Jeff Brazier yesterday. And, yes, he did reveal something to me that he's not told anybody. Anybody. Bit of an ex- the producer was very excited. Steve Allen got an exclusive. Steve Allen got an exclusive. And, uh, and he's actually very nice. It's actually very, very pleasant. So I, I tweeted that, and then he tweeted as well. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not kind of picking out curtains or nothing like that. You know, not that it's not an option, I suspect. But, uh, no, we're not doing that. He's up at Alton Towers at the moment. Well, in fact, at this precise moment, he is at Alton Towers, and he's sleeping. I know that because he was going up there after he'd done me, and then he did a couple of other people as well. So that'll be airing on Sunday. On Sunday. Uh, there's also a lovely picture. I don't know why, but I'm fascinated by volcanoes. I don't know why. There's no logical reason. They frighten the heck out of me. But I'm looking here at, you know, Mother Nature uh, and and the the pyroclastic cloud and the sh- and they start, they rumble and because obviously very unhappy. And then all of a sudden, you know, little bits. And, you know, we've all remembered seeing them on the television and you get people standing next to the lava flow and it just engulfs houses, everything. It just... It just is amazing, and I sit there watching. So you look at this picture of the paper today and this erupting volcano, because Etna, I believe, is still active. It's always, it sounds boring now, but the biggest volcano in the world is, because Tess the producer, so she remembers these things, which is the biggest volcano in the world, which could go, and if it does, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the biggest volcano ever. No, Sam thinks it's Vesuvius, or it's sadly not. Sadly not, love. No, it is... It's Yellowstone Park. It's the whole of Yellowstone Park. The whole of Yellowstone Park. When they've taken the cameras up in space, you can see what it is. It's the, what you're, that's why you get all these little... That's tourists trying to drink their tea. But they've got these, these um, Old Faithful and all the rest of it, which goes up every so often. This is an indication of what's going on under the ground. They've got the lava pools there. And if this thing blows, it's going to take, I would imagine, 90% of America out. This thing would be the biggest ever. And so they monitor it. Yes, I mean, what lucid hope doesn't want you. <laughs> it depends how much you like Obama. And you sort of watch it. And I've got, I've got um, DVDs of Yellowstone Park because in the wintertime, it's got its own microclimate. In the summer, it's like baking hot and midges everywhere. But then in the winter, they're under about 10 foot of snow. It's quite beautiful. Quite be- but it's the kind of thing you want to watch from the warmth of your 
sitting room and sitting on the settee with one of those cushions that I bought from the Ideal Home Show. That's what you need, really. You need that kind of thing, to sort of sit there and sort of soak up the whole atmosphere and think to yourself, by God, I'm so glad I'm not there. But if all of a sudden, when you were watching television and and it was able to lower the temperature of your room to match the programme you were watching... Do you remember that, that film? Was it called The Greatest Show on Earth? And it was uh, Peter Sellers and Margaret Rutherford, and they and a couple who had inherited a cinema in a little town, but they hadn't inherited the big picture house. They'd got the Bijou, and the Bijou was a run-down old flea pit, the like of which, if, if you saw it today, it would be encased in plastic and put in a museum, because it was so gorgeous. But they couldn't get people in, so they decided that they, they, they would show a film, but they'd crank the heating up, and it was a film set in the desert. So they cranked the heating up, so people were sitting there sweating buckets in the seats, and then they go to the interval, and immediately they rush out saying, ice lollies, ice lollies, and of course everybody wanted nice. ice Oh, blimey. Nowadays you take your bottle of water, don't you? Everybody takes the bottle of water in to the cinema. I take one, mine on the train. I take it everywhere. I, I do take water everywhere, because it's, it's very nice to have. And you can get little bottles of water now, and it's, it's good for you. I keep reminding myself. I bought the scratch and sniff card down. This is so you can work out if there's a cannabis farm near you. OK. Is there a cannabis farm around here? It's a bit difficult to tell, really, actually. I don't know. I'm so, so they say, and so it's this one that we talked about the other day on the programme. And so the signs you've got to look out for, OK, these are the signs you've got to look out for. Constantly covered or blocked off windows. OK. Visitors at unsociable hours, could be next door to you, strong and constant lighting day and night, constant buzz of ventilation, high levels of heat and condensation, and a strong and sickly sweet smell. And 90% Vietnamese. 90% people who come in to tend the plants at night. So if you see strange activity, then, you know, somebody could be running... And there's loads of them. Last year was 156,000 of these places closed down. And they're houses in ordinary neighbourhoods. They rent them, and the people go in there, and it's like like another world. It's like the day of the Triffids come to life. Awful, really. Uh, Alan says, how did your conversation with Jeff Brazier go? Did you find anything to chat about? No, no trouble chatting about anything at all, actually. We talked about Jade Goody. We talked about the kids. We talked about his career. We talked about... We talked about everything. There wasn't, wasn't much we didn't talk about, actually, I think. Uh, Andy in Glasgow, he says, uh, Natalie Fat Cassidy's bringing out a second fitness DVD. Who'd have thought it? Yeah, I know. I know. We, it, we did that on the programme yesterday. We were as shocked as everybody else that uh, Fat Girl Fat was bringing out another DVD. First time round, she said she didn't enjoy the experience. Now she suddenly thought, oh, wait a minute, mm, money, money. And in an effort to save even more money, old tight-fisted old Cassidy has decided to dispense with the trainer. She thinks she's so experienced now about diet and fitness. You know, like you, like you look at her and you go, oh, I think I'll be going to you for advice. Like going to Kerry Katona for financial advice. You wouldn't. You wouldn't go anywhere near Kerry Katona for anything at all, actually. And so Natalie Cassidy has dispensed with the trainer. So there she was in the park with the photographer. <sighs> you know, because you have to get the photographer there just to add a bit of credibility to it. So people go, oh, right, she's really serious about losing weight. No, she stuffs her face. And uh, she's decided she can make a quick hundred grand. Doesn't have to pay the, the person who'll help her do it. So she's doing it all by herself this time round. Because she'd probably pay the fitness trainer, I don't know, twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 quid. Because they're the ones who actually do the work. Natalie Cassidy does nothing. Let's face it, she quite clearly can't get an acting job for love nor money. 
So she's got to rely on the other thing she can do, which is sort of exploit the British public. I mean, if you're daft enough to... To buy. Well, she, I don't know what she does. Even the producer said, what does she do now? Well, she did a bit on Loose Women. She wasn't much cop at that. You know, I mean, she's, I'm not saying she's the, the, the dimmest penny in the box, but, you know, if it's Loose Women, I'm looking for somebody who can string two words together and come up with something reasonably intelligent. Sadly, she couldn't come up with anything intelligent at all. She's got one of those stupid voices. You know, well, it's a play my trumpet. And so, obviously, the acting dried up. It was like, um, who was the other one, the acting dried up? Somebody else, that they, they, they went down the route of the... Of the fitness DVDs. And that's how bad it's got in this country. Somebody's sort of washed up. She's going to get married to that bloke who beat her up, isn't she? I believe. She decided to forgive him and it's all fine now, which is great. But I always worry about stuff like that. I always think once men have been violent towards women, they're going to do it again, I'm afraid. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, John says, happy belated birthday wishes for you. Sunday just gone. Hope your day was fantastic. That's all right. Yeah, all right, I'm going to make a big thing about it. You know, we'll have cake, jelly and ice cream and a magician popping round. It wasn't anything like that. I've just bought this magic trick, actually. I can't tell you what it is, but I've just paid £500 for it. Producer's just fallen off the chair. Bless her. No, it's... I mean, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd wanted one for a while. I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you what it is, but I'd wanted one. And then somebody says, because this magician had just died, uh, one of these was on offer. Yeah, because, yes, the bank manager said, I haven't been spending money, so now I'm going to spend £500. <laughs> I know. I've gone mental, haven't I? I've gone absolutely mad since the Ideal Home Show. Cushions, a humidifier. Oh, there's no stopping me. Oh, hold me back, matron. I'm out there. And, of course, I'll, well, I mean, I'm doing it just in case the budget goes against me today. I'm sure it always does. The budget always goes against. They say that uh, there'll be more spending cuts. I wonder, really, whether or not, you know, child savers will, will be rescued. I'm hoping they will. I'm hoping that people will be rescued. I don't want... To be honest with you, I really couldn't care less about booze or fags. Makes no difference to me whatsoever. I think if you rely on the budget for booze and fags, I'm, I'm more... I'm, going to mark it. I'm, um, where did that come from? I'm more interested in the, um, in the petrol going up in price. Because very soon it will be cheaper to drink petrol than it will to drink booze in the pub. It affects people like Duncan because he like he likes it. But of course there aren't any pubs around now. They are literally closing. When I drove a couple of years back now, we we did a show out at the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch, as you know. And we drove out there and I drove through the East End and by God there were more p- pubs that were closed, more pubs that were boarded up. It was just appalling. There's another one that had gone at Shepherd's Bush. Right at the uh, the very end of the Goldtalk Road, which looked to be thrice. But they're huge. These Victorian pubs are enormous. And it'll be turned either into a gastro pub or it'll be flats. That's what they do with these things now. And it's really depressing. God of the days. I mean, I don't know, they survived years ago when people sat there all day nursing a pint. You know, nowadays you go past pubs. Pubs that, that I, I know quite well. And on Saturday night, they're empty. They're empty. People just decide now to go to an off-licence, buy a little bottle of vodka, pour it into a, into a, a bottle of Coca-Cola, and that's what they do. That's what they do. Paul Hollywood, apparently, is the new cookery sex symbol. Oh. God, dry up with the blooming cookery programmes. What did I see the other day? I, I knew things were going drastically wrong when I heard Ainsley Harriet's voice. Yes, Ainsley Harriet, who used to be on television, now isn't on television, but was doing the voiceover for this... Um, partic- I can't remember what it was, actually. I can't remember what it was. It was for some cookery programme where he was so saying, oh, they do... And I'm thinking, oh, shut up. You know, there's certain people's voices that grate on you. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Fifteen minutes away from me telling you what our gadget competition is for today. A little bit of a tease still, a little bit, you know, reeling you out and reeling you in again. So uh, you'll want this. You'll want this. I want it. But uh, I can't enter. But you can. So details coming up very shortly. If you just joined us, it's LBC 97.3. It's budget day. 
It's Budget Day. Might be good, bad or indifferent. We'll find out a little bit later on. You'll hear it live on LBC. This is Steve Allen's early morning breakfast show, and the time now is 4.30. Now we get 12 minutes, and then you'll learn today what the gadget is for you. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. But my best bit of news this morning, apart from the fact it's Budget Day and apart from the fact... That we're all going to be worse off at the end of it. I mean, I'm just hoping it's not going to be too bad. But I think motorists, I mean, if you're passing a garage now... Because what annoys me is that garages, the moment the, the petrol goes up, which I'm assuming it's going to, they put it up straight away. The fact they're flogging you old petrol and they're ripping you off even more is neither here nor there. That's why people, you know, you need to go out and put petrol in. I should put petrol in this morning. Won't make any difference. I'll still use half a tank. But the good news is, as if there was a god, ladies and gentlemen, he or she floated over... And she and she or he decided, I don't know, floated over, I'm talking about this one, um, that Nancy Delusional, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that well-known old has-been, the old bag from Italy, the old, oh, look, let me find another man to pay for me because I'm not very successful by myself. Yes, she's very bitter, ladies and gentlemen, even more bitter than usual, poor old soul, that her former lover, Sven Goran Eriksson, has finally won the battle to evict her from his £2.7 million Belgravia flat. Uh, she now says, the for- because she's, she's just little Miss Gobby, isn't she, really? She says the former England manager is now a loser, the dead weight that keep me from soaring. Really? It wasn't Sven who stopped her soaring on Strictly. What stopped her was two left feet, no sense of rhythm, and a complete lack of talent or self-awareness, writes Sandra Parsons. Yo, for Sandra Parsons. Yes, the uh, bewildered, poor old bag, Nancy Delolio, who thinks she's booked into a theatre for six weeks. I think she's going to be pretty lucky to sell out six days, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody sells out shows faster than the Steve Allen show. Nancy Delusional, in a, in a little... I mean, you might as well hold the next meeting of the Nancy Delusional fan club in a phone box. and hope that both of you turn up. But uh, she's been kicked out of the flat. And now she says, you know, he is the dead weight that keeps me from soaring. You have no talent, dear. You have no talent. In fact, actually, I'm hard-pushed to find anybody, barring an amoeba, who has less talent than you. You're over here. You keep telling us what you do. I, I do this. and you're just, just, You are as delusional as all the columnists think you are. You are that useless waste of space. You know, so you had a fling with, a, with an old man who then had a fling with somebody else. You know, quite clearly you must have... I mean, God knows what you must look like without the makeup on. It must be fairly frightening for most people, I would think. They did a piece in the paper the other week, didn't they, where they were showing you pictures of what people look like without makeup on. I knew all of them. I've seen people without makeup on. I've worked in this building long enough. I know what people look like without makeup. Yeah, I've seen the producer without makeup. You know, with makeup, cat. Without makeup, Gary. You know, it's, it's the way it works. Can't help it. But poor old Nancy Delusional. Yes, I wanted the flat. He promised me the flat. Get out. You know, if you're as clever as you think you are, Popsikins, which, of course, we don't think you are. We think you're a bit dumb, actually. You know, why don't you get out there and earn your own money and buy your own flat? Do you have to rely on other people? The answer is, yes, you do. Dean Essex says was with Jeff. I don't, we're now calling him Jeff. We're just doing Jeff now. We're just a, very, very shortly to be J by the end of the week. Just the letter J. At a bo- balloon release in Harlow on Sunday, in memory of uh, loved ones that passed away. He chatted to lots of people. Uh, Dell says, you're our ray of sunshine in the morning. Don't listen, don't bank on it. With the weather forecast that I'm going to give you later on, you, you might as well give up now. Uh, Alex says, if Yellowstone goes, the whole world will be in darkness with the ash cloud. Be like a nuclear winter, Steve. Bad stuff indeed. Uh, somebody says, tell us what the gadget is. I have to leave at 0430. No. No, I'm not telling you. I have to wait. You ha- I can't do it till quarter to five. I'm, I've, I've, I've crossed my heart. See this wet? See this dry? 
you know, cut my throat if I lie, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm doing more fleecing of the motorists as the EU are bringing in these tough new um, things to do with your MOT. Another 22 different things are going on there. So if you've got a car that's being, being held together by a bit of string and chewing gum, you're going to uh, not be happy this morning, I'm afraid. Not be a very, very happy person. Not a very, very happy person. Uh, 84850, steve uk. Neil's up uh, early. He said, how did the interview go with little Lord Fauntleroy? Actually, he was, he was, he was really sweet. He was, we, we, we did tweet a picture of him. He's sickeningly good looking. Sickeningly good looking. But I think he, he was well aware. The trouble is, I mean, my, uh, the opinion I had of Jeff Brazier hasn't actually changed. You know, it, it's not, it doesn't make him a bad person, the fact you don't like somebody on the television. It's a, it's a television persona. As a person, I like him. You know, he seems fairly hardworking. He does his thing. You know, he knows what to do. He's got to make the career last, though. That's, that's the only thing in television. It's very dismissive television. You know, agents get people work. And while there is public interest, they get work. But all of a sudden, but there's other people coming up snapping at your heels. So, you know, it is, it, I mean, he has turned out to be a good dad to the boys. He doesn't put them on television like Peter Andre, who loves his children. Uh, but Peter Andre exploits the children. He puts them on all the time. It doesn't matter whether he loves them, whether he doesn't love them. He does love them, but he puts them on television. And that, I think, is bad. Jeff has made a decision that he won't put the boys on television. They go out and they do, they went to the O2 arena to see One Direction. I beat him with, uh, I sat next to Dustin Hoffman, because uh, he didn't actually get to meet One Direction. But he said, I, I took the boys there and they took their sort of respective girlfriends. At their age, you know, they're nine. You know, for goodness sake, they're not going to be having proper girlfriends. They don't really. But he, he sort of took them there. But he doesn't exploit them. He doesn't put them on television programmes. He's talked about the kids in interviews and he's done things like that. Peter Andre actually puts them in front of the cameras. And I think to a certain extent... Katie Price was doing that, and then all of a sudden she went, oh, no, I don't do that anymore. So she then she then uh, tried to sort of change things. But Peter Andre still puts them up on the television, and I can't understand why. Because surely, you know, being on television... And they've already started saying, we're famous. That's what they've started saying already, and that's, and that's the problem, isn't it? Because you don't... You know, it's up to him if he puts, it, if he puts them on television. They're his children. Well, actually, they're shared children. In Jeff's case, he's got nobody to answer to apart from himself. He can't go back to Jade Goody and say, listen, this is what we're doing, because she's dead. You know, you can't go back there. He can only bring up the kids the best way. The only thing he said he regrets is that sometimes he has to leave them with his mum because he's got to work, because he needs to work to finance them, because Jade, contrary to opinion, didn't leave very much money. She worked very hard towards the end of her life, uh, with Max Clifford getting as many jobs in and trying... And so they were doing the jobs and getting the money in. But what happened was she hadn't paid tax for four years. So she had a huge tax bill to pay. By the time you'd paid off mortgages and all the rest of it, she was down quite a few million. I think not paying tax for four years is kind of a problem because the tax man is not going to come after you when you're dying. But the moment you're dead, he's going to be there. You know, he wants his fair share of it. So I think she only ended up leaving, and I'm, I'm probably wrong on this. I think between two and three, four hundred thousand pounds, which sounds like a lot of money, but that's for him to bring up the boys. On he wants to send them to a very good school, and he wants to make sure they've got everything. You know, because Jade never had anything. She had, you know, she ended up with a an average sort of house, and she ended up with a with a husband who was a convicted thug. And that's all you can say about him, a, a complete idiot of the first order. You know, been in prison twice, I think, now, for attacking a young boy and attacking a taxi driver. A rather stupid little lowlife. 
you know, serving no useful purpose at all, an embarrassment for everybody. And then just after Jay died, he was caught with a page three girl, wasn't he? And that was even more embarrassment heaped on him. So, through all of that, Jeff has managed to look after the kids. In fact, he didn't have them here for the funeral. He took them. He didn't know why. He said, I don't know why I took them to Australia. He said, it was quite a long way to go. He said, I just thought if you go far, far away, then nobody would bother. They didn't need to be bothered about the funeral. They didn't need to see that side of it. But they do have photos. They've got a, a document. You know, you, you could put together a film of Jade Goody's life from the early thing, from the Shilpachetti stuff. You could put it all together and you can then say, you know, that, that was your mum. Because they can't remember certain things, he said, of the earth, because the kids don't remember. They're nine years old. How old's Jeff? I don't know. He looks like 12. I don't know. 13, 14. Who knows? I don't know, actually. Yes. It, well, they had them quite quickly, I think. Seemed to have one after the other. Uh, so it actually went uh, went very good. Went very good. Uh, the In Conversation is this Sunday, which is very good indeed. Here's, here's a picture of Otis Ferry's son. And this is Merlin Ferry. What a buffoon. What a big girl's blouse he is. And uh, he's pictured with his, um, his other sons and brothers, Isaac, Otis and Tara, who's a boy. Although, as I say, he might not be. Who knows? And uh, here he is, Merlin Ferry, who's only 22, so he's not the brightest penny in the box. There's such, such an arrogance, isn't there? Such an arrogance that comes with, with the intellectually challenged. And uh, he thought that, you know, that sort of knives were only on council estates. Quite clearly not, buffoon boy. They stopped him in his uninsured Saab and were searching for drugs when they arrested him for carrying a knife. He told the officers, you can unarrest me now. He wasn't even insured of driving. Who are they? Why haven't we locked him up? Yesterday he showed no remorse whatsoever. He's been educated at Marlborough. What an embarrassment to Marlborough College. Poor people. And the judges delivered a stern lecture. Uh, he was carrying a Gurkha knife. And uh, the case was uh, dropped when he was stopped while carrying his Gurkha knife. His lawyer successfully argued that the weapon, known as uh, Kukri, was part of a fancy dress outfit he was wearing to a student party. But uh, the judge said, coming from a privileged background does not mean the normal rules do not apply to you. You could walk down the corridor here at Isleworth and go into a courtroom and hear a case where someone had their face opened by a knife and was scarred for life. Oh, the man's an idiot, poor little girl's blouse. Honestly, look at him. <sighs> Honestly, people like this just make you sick, don't they? What with him and Otis. But uh, he, he shows no remorse whatsoever. Absolutely not remotely interested. He's going to pay £500 costs. Oh, good, same price I paid for my magic trick. Here you go. There is, a, there is a god up there. Do it again, silly boy, and you're going to prison. OK? Uh, 84850. Jenny says, um, you sound really well. Well, I'm, well, I am really well, actually. As far as I know, I'm really well. I've said that. It's always the people who go, I'm really well. Gone. <laughs> she says, Yellowstone's website has fantastic pictures and even webcams. Scott says, I don't understand why anybody's interested in uh, Peter Andre. Sad little life. Yeah, I mean, but it's he puts himself on television, and Peter Andre fought. I mean, he's on the front of one of these magazines. I mean, are they really proper interviews, or have they just they've just made something? He says, "Oh, I'm worried I might never be a father again." You got two children, love. What I mean, what do you mean, father again? Is this because you're going out with this much much younger person? He's like forty-seven, isn't he, or something? And she's like twelve. You know, she's and there's certainly a huge age difference between them. And I think she's the daughter of the surgeon who operated on him. But I mean, I don't think you're going to get a really intelligent conversation out of Peter Andre. You're not going to get. You know, you're just going to have things like, "Oh, the sky's blue today." <gasps> yeah, material, insania. You know, I think I'll go and launch another perfume. Yeah, you do that, Pete. And I'm going to record a song with Shaggy. Lovely. Is it, he's a bit past it now for being a pop star, poor soul. Uh, 84850. Uh, Claire Sweeney did a fitness DVD, Steve, another failed soap star. 
Yes, they all do them. I've always said to anybody, don't buy fitness DVDs from celebrities. They're not remote. All they want is your money. They're robbing you blind. You want to you wanna lose weight? Go to your doctor. Say, excuse me, I want to lose weight. Give me a diet sheet and an exercise thing. You could just go for a walk every day. You don't need to buy anything from Natalie Cassidy. As I said before, why would you ever want to go to Natalie Cassidy for fitness advice? God's sake, look at her. You know, surely you're that intelligent, you're not going to bother. You're not going to go to Kerry Katona. No, we wouldn't go to Kerry Katona, Steve, for financial advice. Why would you go to Natalie Cassidy for fitness advice? That would be stupid. Gadget competition coming up. London's biggest conversation. LBC Night Allen. Huge, huge. 13 minutes to five. Actually, in one of the papers today, it's the Mail, and it's Ian Wilson. And remember I was telling you about Heath Hall the other day, this house, which is on the market for £65 million. £65 million, they've reduced it. And I said, what a vulgar house. It's really, really naff. You know, anybody who buys it, it's got a wooden staircase for £65 million. For £65 million, I want marble. I don't want a marble bathroom. That's just naff. And he says here, the vulgarity of Britain's super-rich. You've only got to look at Tamara Eccleston. She apparently spent a million pounds on a bath, carved out a piece of... I mean, how naff. Still doesn't make her interesting, does it? Still makes her just cheap and... Nouveau riche people. Nouveau... Oh, we must have that. What is it? It's covered in crystals. Oh, you must get it, love, straight away. Really suits you. It's like Colleen Rooney. No, you know, loads of money. No sense of anything at all. You know, she's chav working class, from a council estate. And so they're putting her in clothes worth thousands, and people are going, what are you wearing, love? I don't know, it costs thousands. Right. <laughs> nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely, dear, but it doesn't suit you. You know, you've got, to have the, you've got to have the class to put... It's like watching Sarah Ferguson trying to wear anything that's got the word designer on it. She walks like a navvy. You know, if you walk like an... You know, it doesn't kind of work, does it? Anyway, here it is for this morning. Here it is. I'm just uh, having a look at pictures of, uh, of today's prize because it is time. Small, small fanfare for the LBC 97.3 gadget giveaway for the Wednesday. Yesterday, Millie Sims from Lambeth correctly identified that vodka, tomato juice and Worcestershire sauce make up Bloody Mary and won herself a fabulous Nikon digital camera. So, well done, Millie. Congratulations. Uh, today, I'm giving away a brand new HTC One mobile phone with Android operating system. And you could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning, provided you know the answer to this question. What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? To enter, text the word gadget. Here we go, for the benefit of all the boys in Sandys. G-A-D-G-E-T. And the reason I spell it for you is because I want to make sure we don't lose you. If it's spelt correctly, then it goes into the right box. OK, so G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer. What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? And you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. So that's it for today. The new HTC One sleek aluminium body. It's got a live home screen that streams all of your favourite content. It's got uh, dual frontal stereo speakers. It's uh, got a photo gallery that comes to life. It's very nice. Can be yours. 
Have a go. Ten to five. Ten to five. So, and then the story that we did yesterday on the programme uh, about the, the council people in Birmingham who were asking whether you were gay for your wheelie bins. And I said what you should do is you should write to the councillors in Birmingham asking if their mother is still having sex. You know, because, yeah, but that's as equally as personal, I would have thought. Equally as personal. Uh, Steve, so very sad to see the fabulous Shaggy. is so down on his luck, he's got to record with Peter Andre. I don't know why they bother, actually. I mean, to be honest with you, Peter Andre, he's not going to get in the... Ch- nobody's going to play his stuff. They're not. I'm sure he's a really nice person, but he's just coming over as simple. You know, he was... He was, did he feel the O2? Well, I don't know, because, I mean, they very wisely, whenever they show the Peter Andre show, they show the rehearsals for the show, but they never show the actual show, because I'm told it's dead naff. It's Peter thinking, you know, doing little dance routines, thinking he's Michael Jackson, and everything, but of course he's not. And he always points the children out of the audience, which is lovely, isn't it? Um, and uh, Jane says, we can only be thankful those young boys have Jeff as a father. And not the other one. Mary says, I was under the impression that the police confiscated the car if you were driving without insurance. Why didn't they with this idiot? Well, no, this is um, Merlin Ferry. He's got a brother called Tara. Mm. <laughs> What's that tell you? Uh, Steve, I thought Nancy Delolio had her own money through her own former career as a lawyer. Clearly not. Oh, no, no, she's always been a sponger. But she's going on stage. She's going just over the road from here. The Nancy Delolio show where she talk about her fabulous life as a showbiz celebrity. I suspect first night it'll be a what they call a well-papered house, which means that they try and drag in as many celebrities. Pictures of Nancy looking old and haggard at the stage door. And uh, not that I think they have a stage door. They should have to walk in and out the front. It's the smallest theatre in London, the arts. Very, very tiny. It holds, I don't know, about 200 people, if that. And she's booked in for six weeks. Don't think I'll be eating humble pie on this one. I'd be surprised if it goes a week. Who is going to be remotely interested? Who is going to be remotely interested? Uh, 84850, all the Diane addresses came up the other day, and somebody bought one of them. Uh, I think the £240,000 dress where she danced with John Travolta. Mm, 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 mm. And that went for £240,000. Why did he spend that much? It's a surprise for his wife. It will be a surprise. She's a size 18. There's no chance she's going to get into this one, is she? They'll have to take it out at the back or something, or perhaps she'll just hold it up against herself and go, this is the dress. I find it sad, and one of the... One of the fashion people was saying the other day, they found it very sad that they're now sold for commercial gain. They were Diana's dresses. She wore them. You know, some, some were lovely. I mean, she looked good all the time, Diana. I didn't care what anybody said. I, I'm not interested in conspiracy theories. I'm not interested in whether you liked her, whether you thought she was manipulative. I couldn't give a stuff. I thought she looked good. I thought she was badly treated by the royal family. I thought they, they closed their, their eyes, they closed the doors to her. She was all by herself, poor soul. The only one she had to talk to was the balmy, mad Queen Mother. That was her, her best friend. And, of course, the Queen Mother was so ancient by this time, she wasn't really up to speed with what was going on either. And that's what I thought was sad about the whole thing. You know, she had to go out with, with an old man who was cheating from day one. Charles was cheating from... What was the point of getting married? The answer is he wanted heir and a spare. And that's what they got. They got heir and a spare. And then, and then sadly, she died. Whether or not you think it was a, a concerted campaign to get rid of her, I don't know. She certainly rattled a few cages, didn't she? But the boys have turned out OK. I mean, Harry's a bit of an old lush, but, you know, you can't do anything about that. He's young, he's impressionable, he seems seems fairly good, I suppose. Seems fairly active. And uh, William is, is very, is very um, happy with Kate. In fact, apparently, they were saying in the paper the other day that when they split up, they, they've had a couple of split up, she was terribly, terribly miserable. 
I know the feeling. I was fairly miserable as well. Uh, Steve, I'm worried if Yellowstone Park goes, what happens to Yogi and Boo Boo? Smarter than the average bear. Boo Boo. I don't know, actually. I suppose they just get blown up with the rest of it. Let's face it, you're arguing picking up the pieces if Yellowstone Park blows, are you? Wait a minute. Oh, dear, there's another log cabin gone. Wait a minute. The lava flow is immense. Um, Chris says, did you see Lindsay Lohan has got off another motoring offence in America? How many more chances are they going to give her? Oh, she's, she's a waste of space, isn't she? I mean, it's, it's just, it's a bit sad. I mean, to be honest with you, she's been in prison once. She spends her life in and out of prison. It quite clearly isn't making any difference, is it? I thought prison was supposed to be a deterrent. It appears not to be. Prison appears not to be the, t- the deterrent that you want it to be, because they all go in there. Look at, uh, look at the old Price woman. She's already in a little cushy thing. So, and then she'll probably come out and sell her story to the paper. That's what they do, isn't it? They all go into prison, they come out, and they sell their stories of how awful it is inside. And how dreadful. You can only hope that the next time little Merlin Ferry... Uh, gets caught with anything. I mean, fancy driving uninsured. Haven't you got any money, dear? Perhaps you have to go back and ask Mummy and Daddy or something. I don't really. Very worrying. You know, but of course, money's just for little people, isn't it? Like when they catch you next time, they do bang you to rights. Uh, here's Abu Hamza's son. He's been giving vitriolic sermons in which he calls for a holy war and backs a Pakistani mother who tried to kill US agents. This is Othman Mustafa Kamal. Urge followers at a London mosque to destroy the enemies of uh, Mujahids, who are holy warriors. And videos of his rants. It was a rather sad, pathetic little person, isn't it? These funny little people. Honestly, look at him here. He says, we have made hell a prison for the disbelievers. Oh, darling, honestly. You really, perhaps you need to find a boyfriend or something like that. Want to get yourself over the, the stress of just living life. Must be a nightmare, mustn't it? Mind you, with a father like that, not exactly much inspiration going on, is there? 84850, uh, One here that says, uh, I was enjoying your radio show at Forfeit. When you mentioned Colleen Rooney, though I certainly agree that Colleen is classless. No, she's not classless. She's working class. She's working class, Hannah. Terribly sorry, Dove. Uh, she says, I resent your sweeping comments that working class cannot wear designer clothes. Well, I mean, they can if they nick them, yeah. I mean, you do get a lot of that on the council estates. They do get or a lot of... I mean, to be honest with you, Hannah, I mean, either you're terribly out of touch with things or you really are as dumb as you sound. But if you go to markets, all the designer stuff does... Fake. Fake. You know, all the people, they're all wearing fake glasses, fake handbags, fake shoes, fake everything. You know, if they made fake cars, they'd probably buy them as well. She said, I mean, look at Tamara Eccleston, you see, so, you know, kind of, you know, kind of figures. And she says here, why can't people that haven't been brought up in leafy suburbs in nice houses with a garden lawn aspire to something more? Oh, God, you're really old, aren't you? Leafy suburbs with, with a garden lawn. Where are you from, love? Where are you from? Oh, Popsy. It's a bit cruel statement to make. Yeah, well, you know, take it further, love. Take it further. See how bothered I am. God, blimey. She's horrible comment. Horrible comment. Well, I don't think people from council estate should be allowed to wear designer clothes. I'm terribly sorry, Hannah. They're wasted on people like that. They're wasted on people like Colleen Rooney. You know, there's no point. She's council. She's chav. She is queen of the chavs. And she's wearing designer clothes. They're not meant for her. OK, they're meant for rich people like Tamara Eccleston, who can make them look even worse. OK, that's how it works. Uh, don't forget, if you've just woken up, the gadget competition for today. The fabulous prize today after Millie Sims from Lambeth. Millie Sims, honestly. She's going to be so famous now. She's going to be walking up people, you're Millie Sims from Lambeth. And she's got herself that fabulous Nikon camera from yesterday. Today, it's the HTC One mobile phone with Android operating system. 
and it runs until 6.30 this morning. You've got an hour and a half. One lucky listener will win it just by answering this question correctly. What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? Vodka, Kahlua and cream. To enter this one, you text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer to 84850, but you've got to do it before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. So what is that cocktail? Vodka, Kahlua and cream. Good luck to everybody. Full terms and conditions on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Coming up to the news at five, it's going to be a cold march. They reckon this is going to be the coldest march you've ever experienced. You might have to put a vest on or something like that, or, or a woolly jumper. You know, I see a lot of people around here just wearing shirts. Really, people, you better brace yourself. These cold winds are coming in from the Urals. And once they, or wherever it's, I don't know, they come basled or something, I don't know. They're coming in and it's going to be very cold and we'll be knee-deep in snowdrifts and we'll have to, don't wear white, we'll lose you forever. You know, try and wear something dark so we can see you just as the snowplough runs you down. On FM, online and... Jenny's in Leicester Square, which we prefer to call her a stalker, and uh, she sent us a picture of where she is. She's quite close. In fact, well, she's not that close to us, actually. She sort of sent a picture of the uh, of the lights, and that's the hippodrome there. I've forgotten it lit up in red. I've been inside. I've been I've been up on the roof. I've been inside that uh, that thing on the roof. So that's uh, that's less. Oh right, so that's where she is. That's where she. Which way? Anyway, so uh, she and she says Peter Andre's only forty. Is he? Thought he was eighty-seven. Thought he was eighty-seven. I had no idea he's only forty. <laughs> Good grief! Good grief, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... The British Titanic Society public open days on the 13th of April at the Grand Harbour Hotel in Southampton. He says, can I send you a, an, a copy of our society poster so it can go on your LBC website? This is the British Titanic Society's only fundraiser. Fun, fundraiser? I don't, all of a sudden I became uh, slightly, uh, slightly South African. Uh, a fundraiser. A fundraiser. And with your help, you're helping to keep the memory alive, says John who uh, knows more about the Titanic, because, you know, they're, be- they're rebuilding Titanic 2, although we did argue the point, didn't we? Would you really want to risk it? Would you really want to risk it? The answer is probably yes. Especially if it's... Uh, it's probably- yes, send-, send us a poster, John. Send us a poster. That'll be very nice indeed. Oh, I shall look forward to uh, to receiving that, which is very nice indeed. Just having a quick check on some of the other texts which have come in. Eight for- Apparently, everybody knows, says Ariana, that Yogi lives in Jellostone Park. Jellystone Park. Yeah, that is Yellowstone Park, though, isn't it? That is... Je- I mean, I don't think there is actually a place called Jellystone. <laughs> Stop making it up. Stop making it up. It's just it's not good, is it? Uh, I was a fat kid. Around the age of uh, 25, I made an effort to get into uh, shape. I'm now 31 and look good. And that's from uh, Nick. I wonder if that's the same Nick. I got another one from, from Nick today. And uh, he... Says, I love the show. I've been tuning in since January. He says, I know, pathetic. Well, it is really. He says, certainly the best show, followed swiftly by Mr. James O.B. That'll be O'Brien, of course, along at 10 o'clock this morning. He said, I need an excuse to give myself to skip the gym this morning. And I can't think of one, so maybe you can think of a good reason for not to go into the gym. Diphtheria, whooping cough, it's cold. You don't want to go out, you know, have a piece of toast. You feel bloated. Stay in. Why worry? No point in depressing yourself by going to the gym. I've said to people before, you know, there's a lot of fit people. You know, I mean, there's no point. There is no point. You'll end up giving yourself a heart attack. 
You might as well stay in, pig out, listen to this programme. Much of it, we've got a gadget competition. Later on on LBC today, we've got the budget. People will be speculating before the budget. My advice is, and here is the, here is the advice for what it's worth, they're going to put petrol up, aren't they? It's going to go up, whether it's a penny or whatever. It's going to go. It's not going to go down in price. So my advice is to go out and fill up the car with petrol. And if you're a smoker, better buy some cigarettes because they'll they'll put those up and booze. It depends what what they um, what they sort of do, isn't it? Really, with the uh, with booze, I can, I can never quite work out what they're going to do with it. The whole thing is sort of is, is a little bit worrying. They go, oh, and we put a penny or. Two, two, you know, or two, just sorry, two, two, or tuppence in on a bottle of whiskey or something like that. Eight four eight five zero. Reference to class, says Jenny. I aspire to working class status, being as I'm poor white trash. As for designer labels, far too grand for the likes of me. You can always cut them out. You can go to the market and get them. They sell them in, but you know, just cut them out and stick them on your clothes. <laughs> uh, can you enlighten me on your five hundred pound magic trick? No, I can't. I've already said I can't, which is uh, a great shame. Uh, Peter. Andre, Steve, just ain't got that Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson-esque cool. Yeah, he, he isn't... The trouble is, he isn't cool. You know, P- Peter, Andre, Peter Andre, when you look at it, doesn't really have a job. You know, his, his career was finished. Totally finished. He was working at his brother's gym in Larnaca, and then they were looking for some non-entities to put on to, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. So he goes on it. Jordan goes on because she, she wasn't writing a book that that day, and so she or, or designing clothes things, you know, for horses, and or, or jewelry or any one of a number of other things which she does. And so she went out to the jungle. She was she was on the on the receiving. She wanted a bit of a bit of love, and she bumped into him. He was looking to try and get himself back in the newspapers, and obviously saw her as an opportunity. So they got together. It was it was a bit sad. He's a bit needy. You have to pat him on the head all the time and go there there there. Of course you're all right. Of course, yes, of course you are, Poppet. You know, and, and that's good. And then they um, they got together, then they got married and they had children, and then they divorced, and then she became vile and bitter and twisted. And then she became vile and bitter and twisted with every other man she ever went out with. And so now at the moment she's with um, a naff stripper, who apparently is a builder, whether he's working, I don't know, remains to be seen. I'd like to see his tax returns for the year. And, uh, and that one will last probably until she's... Because she's pregnant again. So they'll have the, the wedding... So, I mean, it, I mean, she is a caricature of her life, poor soul. Again, she'll have her makeup troweled on. She'll have the little sycophants around her, like the makeup artist and his boyfriend and Michelle Heaton and a few other naff people. I'm not sure if she's talking to Kerry Katona at the moment. They're all roughly the same kind of people, and they all fall out with each other, and, and nobody seems to like anybody, and they're all a bit desperate. I don't know how they make a living, actually. I was trying to work out how her makeup artist made a living. You know, I mean, how long does it take to trowel on polyfiller and go, you know, a little bit like Mrs. Doubtfire when she's got the social worker coming around and she goes to the fridge. He, he's come back, Robin Williams, and then he sticks his head in, in a bowl of cream, like people have a bowl of cream in the fridge, and goes, hello, dear, you Virginia don't fail. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time I do that. Uh, apparently having a bikini wax can damage your health. Well, I shan't have any more then. I think that solves that problem. Apparently, it can help spread viral infections, which causes warts. And it's a, a sexually transmitted disease called molluscum contagulosum. It sounds like something at Hogwarts, doesn't it? Molluscum contagulosum. <laughs> they turn into a wart or something before your eye. The virus is very contagious. It can occur at any age, but predominantly affects younger people. Well, presumably, they're not having bikini waxings, are they? But uh, that wasn't the story that annoyed me, actually, because, I mean, I, I never... Men don't do it. I don't know why women do it. I don't quite understand. You know, men can manage it by themselves. And I think, I think women just want to go for a bit of pain. 
I think that's what... Come on, it's so good lying. You know, people... I'm going to have my wegs... My, my wegs laxed. My wegs laxed. <laughs> my legs waxed. And, uh, and men don't do that. Why would you bother? You know, and so women do it. Listen, listen that East European look is coming in, I'm telling you. You know, hairy legs and, you know, hairy backs, ladies. I mean, my, my, auntie, uh, my auntie Edith, as you know, is sporting a pretty good moustache at the moment. I mean, she could join the village people single-handedly. You know, young man. If only she could sing, poor soul. And she didn't have sort of, you know, that uh, machine that she's strapped up to for most of the day. Secure? Secure. I think that's all it is. But no, there's a, a story of a family here. Targeted by, wait for it, you've heard this so many times, an internet hoaxer who posed as their missing daughter. Donna Wright is quite clearly the stupidest person living. Uh, she's 33. She was branded poor pure evil, after sending a string of online messages to the parents of Catrice Lee, who went missing on her second birthday. A court heard she gave the family false hope by claiming to be their daughter. When a DNA test proved she was lying, she began bombarding them with insults. She's a piece of vile filth, as you can well imagine. And uh, she, she was not sent to jail. Donna Wright, uh, you know, really should have gone to jail. She told Catrice's mother, you silly old bitch, you thought you'd seen harassment. You've not seen harassment yet. I mean, she's quite clearly, you know, somebody who needs taking in prison and sorting out. But uh, she wasn't sent to prison. And the judge says here, I don't know why, you must have known of the pain and grief suffered by the sister and mother of Catrice. All she got was a restraining order and a suspended 12-week jail sentence and was told to pay £200 compensation. I'd have had her in prison so fast. Her little stumpy legs from this ugly woman would not have touched the ground, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's it's the, the the lowest common denominator. So just remember the name, Donna Wright, thirty three. She might crop up in your neck of the woods. I think this is in. I don't know where she is actually in um, County Durham, but she'd been warned by the police. But she carried on sending messages. She's quite clearly stupid and dumb as well. I hope that whoever her employer is kicks her out immediately. Like the other day, we had a convicted paedophile who'd been to prison who was going out with a woman who ran. Was it what, a nursery? And neither the woman nor the bloke was available for comment. Well, if I'd been a parent, I'd have had them out of there so fast, their little feet wouldn't have touched the ground. I, I couldn't believe that. And now this piece of filth, Donna Wright, branded pure evil by the judge, and yet didn't send her to jail. What does it take nowadays? Taking the law into your own hands, I suppose. If ever I bumped into her on the town, I tell you, it would be the rotten eggs. It would be the rotten eggs, I'm afraid. There's also a, a girl in the papers as well today. It's amazing how many young people seem to be affected by the stupidest things. We've, had, we've seen people rowing before. We've seen people doing all sorts of things. And this is a girl here uh, called Jade. She's 14. She's, um, well, she's dead. She hanged herself. Why? Because her father insisted that she let him check her mobile phone for abusive messages. Anyway, he went to look for about half an hour after she began sulking in her bedroom, cut her down. Her parents are separated. They've been worried she was receiving abusive text messages from a boy who she'd accused of hitting her. Jade's mother told the hearing her daughter, who had done well at school, started wearing makeup and wanting to go at night, out at night at the age of 12 and 13. And there's a picture of her. She's what they call a, a grown-up, probably grown-up if you're our age. You know, you look at somebody like that and you think, you're 14, you're a child. You're a child. But then she discovered that she was sleeping with a boyfriend, and then she took an overdose of paracetamol. I mean, it's just absolutely awful that something like this can happen. But I hope if they do find on the phone 
abusive messages. I mean, the, the police, in the end, took the phone to stop the boyfriend sending abusive messages to her. And you think to yourself, this boy should be up in court. Every day I'm reading stories like this in the papers, and you fear for your own children. But then when you get adults behaving badly, you suddenly think, well, who have they got to look up to? And the answer is they've got nobody. They see people behaving badly on the television, on the Iron Appa programmes. You know, girls wearing makeup and being sick all over each other and, you know, abusive and friends who go on holiday. I mean, it's just, they've got nothing to look forward to. I'm so glad I was born in the year I was born. I'm sure people were much nicer, much nicer people. I mean, now you can turn on the radio and actually have nice people on there who offer you lovely things to win on competitions. Like the fantastic gadget competition today, the HTC One mobile phone with Android operating system. Details coming up very, very shortly. The news headlines with Dan Whitehead. George Osborne will deliver his budget later with Whitehall Department. Five. I'm from Staines, says Mike, currently living in Sydney, Australia. I love listening to your show every day at work, especially your celebrity put-downs. Keep up the good work. Oh, I don't call them celebrity put-downs anymore. Actually, there's more on uh, Merlin. Merlin Ferry. You know, they were all named after something interesting, except him, of course. And uh, this was the one who was stopped for for having no insurance, because the police know they can drive behind you and they put in your number and they go, he's got no insurance. So anyway, he's now been given six penalty points having no insurance, which is good news because that now brings him to a total of 16 penalty points, so he's been disqualified for six months. Oh, so-and-so. But um, he apparently has an allowance of £100 a week and his lawyer said the knife was a present. Oh, well, there you go. I'll be taking out a few atom bombs with me, as people have given them to me for birthday presents. He apparently had a bright future. Since his arrest, his attitude had changed. Didn't look like it at all, actually, coming out of court. Uh, the, gr- the judge agreed to suspend the start of his community service until June so he can complete his Barcelona studies. He gets an allowance of £100 a week, gets his rent paid and has a facility to top up to five to £600 without having to borrow from other people. He's still a plank, though, isn't he, I'm afraid? A rather arrogant little young man who thinks that apparently knives are the things you find on council estates. Quite clearly not, dear. Quite clearly in your pocket. Or if you have just woken up and you're sort of rubbing the sleep out of your eyes, you don't want to miss the gadget competition for today. Because yesterday, Millie Sims from Lambeth correctly identified vodka, tomato juice and Worcestershire sauce was a Bloody Mary. I knew that one. And she won herself a Nikon digital camera. So today, I'm giving you a brand new... HTC One mobile phone with Android operating system. You could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. That's right. One of you, one lucky listener, will win the HTC One phone today just by answering this question correctly. What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? Vodka, Kahlua, spelt K-H-A-L-U-A, and cream. To enter, you text the word gadget. I spell it for you because I don't want you to miss out, and if you misspell it, then it goes into the wrong box, I'm afraid. G-A-D-G-E-T, so the boys and Sandys. Followed by your answer, so you put down gadget. Then you put down the answer of what kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua, and cream, and you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So you've got just over the hour. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck, because it's, uh, it's a nice prize. Uh, what else we got? We'll come back to some more of your uh, texts and emails in a moment. Uh, Jordan's makeup artist, says Kevin, make the money from a sponsorship deal with Blue Circle Cement Company and a deal with Dulux. 
That's a thought, actually. First day of spring today, says Paul in Stevenage. Uh, the lovable Nick Ferrari Steve chuckles like Yogi Bear. <laughs> Does he? I've never, I've never noticed. I shall have to check. Uh, in the papers today, in the uh, the mirror, the Duchess of Cambridge, somebody gave her a teddy bear. She does look good, doesn't she? Pretty girl. Pretty girl. And seems down to earth. Unlike Pippa, who's a bit publicity hungry, I'm afraid. I like the idea that the MOD flew out a million pounds in cash to the boys in Cyprus. Just as well there was nobody on the inside on that one. And the first day of spring, and uh, the temperatures plunged. It was 20 degrees this time last year. 20 degrees centigrade. What are we down to now? This is the coldest March for 50 years. So the lambs have been born. They're going, oh, we're springing. By God, it's cold. Oh, it's freezing. And they've got a picture of, of uh, mummy sheep lying in the snow and baby sheep. They have to write all over them, don't they? If, if it's part of a twin or something else, they have to write on them. And so they know which, which sheep goes. And the moment that they're born, mummy has to bond with them. Because if she doesn't bond with them and shuns them, they're going to go starving. So the coldest March... And uh, last time, March was this chilly. BBC television had just begun to broadcast Z cars. People go, what's Z cars? Uh, Nehru was elected uh, de facto Prime Minister of India. James Hanratty was about to be hanged for the notorious A6 murder. Not one of his better days, I don't think, today. And the musical West Side Story was set to win the Oscar for Best Picture. It is the coldest March for 50 years. And it's going to feel like it today. And, it's, and there, is, there is the chance of snow. There is the chance of snow. As far as I know, we haven't actually uh, we haven't got it predicted yet. Some bright spells developing. There'll be showers moving in later. And then the outlook for tonight, cold, widespread frost. So tomorrow you could be scraping the car windows. And tomorrow, cold and sunny start. Becoming cloudy from the west. Strong easterly winds developing. And should be OK, actually. No snow forecast. <clears throat> Just cold. Friday, Cloudy and cold with rain and strong winds. Saturday, Sunday, drier with remaining cold, uh, remaining cold and very windy. The high today, it'll reach six degrees centigrade. Currently, it's two. So that's a bit chilly, isn't it, for most of you? My advice is, if you don't need to go out, don't go out. Stay tuned to LBC. We'll bring you up to date with, with the budget. All the papers are predicting on the front, because in the last budget, Osborne made Britain's millionaires £50,000 a year better off. And the Mirror are now saying, as they would, so what about the rest of us, George? Of course, you won't find anybody richer than mirror journalists. There's so many champagne socialists out there. Uh, I'm so sorry, sex victims not to blame, but 70s were different. This is Bill Roach. Apparently, at the television awards yesterday, there was no mention of it whatsoever. It was uh, questions that were off limits, and that was one of them. In fact, the whole of Coronation Street went stum, not saying anything at all. The problem is that uh, today, if you're a driver and you're taking your car in for the MOT, uh, you've now got another 20 additional safety checks on brakes, steering and lighting. Uh, thousands of drivers who ignore dashboard warning lights face the charges. And so it's reflecting, I suppose, the massive growth in in-car electronics. Because you get into a car now, I don't know what your car's like, but the 90% of them have got so many electronics, you know, this is happening, the, the throttle cable, this is doing, the light's gone out and that, everything. So they're going to be checking just about everything. Uh, the mystery deepens over the death of David Hockney's studio assistant... This is Dominic Elliott, who was taken from the artist's home in Bridlington in a serious condition, later pronounced dead. They still do not know. They're having an autopsy, and they're hoping to, to find out. There was also the story of the woman who shed £180 after weight loss surgery. In other words, she's too bone-idle to actually try and lose the weight, so they have this surgery in America. And then she said the fairy tale of being skinny was an astonishing disappointment. 
that, I mean, it's, it's sort of better to be, not, not skinny, skinny, but better to lose weight because the pressure on your heart, if you are clinically obese, is, of course, very dangerous. It means that you're going to head for an early heart attack. It's, it's never good for you. You can't walk. You get out of breath. It's very difficult now if, you, if, you, if you're putting on weight. And it is so easy to put on weight. I mean, every single day there is an opportunity. The RTS winners, this is the Royal Television Society, and they had their award ceremony last night. And, um, what's the day? Oh, no, I can tell you who the winners are. I thought it was embargoed, actually. I got a bit panic-stricken. Don't forget, if you've just woken up, I've got the gadget competition. It's a phone. Very nice indeed. But uh, it was chaired by David Lidiment. David Lidiment, I, I knew. He was the man who ran ITV when we were in another building. David Lidiment used to come in all the time. And he was, I think he's done the Laurence Olivier Committee. But he's the awards, he's the awards person from the Royal Television Society. He knows all about television. He had power. When he was running ITV from Network Centre, I said to him, I said, can you stop a programme going out? He said, absolutely. Oh, yes, that, that's the, that was the power. If he didn't like somebody on a programme, he could just phone them up and say, I don't want to see that programme on television again, and they would then remove them. It was very good. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll run through some of them. The winners, some of these people you might not have heard of, and don't ask me, because I can't help you out either. Uh, best female uh, in Accused... It's Olivia Coleman. No. Oh, you've heard of her. Oh, right, that's very good. Actually, I watched a programme yesterday, which was very good, and it's about a, a, a policewoman working in a station. All I can tell you is that there's a very sexist man, there's a prostitute in it who's been attacked in a park by a man, but the policeman in it in the station said, well, what do you expect? You're a prostitute. And this policewoman, I don't know who she's played by, it's very good. It's sort of finished. So it's obviously an ongoing thing. If anyone can tell me what it is, I'd be very happy. Uh, the nominees were Sheridan Smith for Mrs Biggs and Anne-Marie Duff for Accused as well. Best Actor... Sean Bean. Sean Bean got it. The nominations were Lenny James for Line of Duty and uh, Oliver Lansley for Best Possible Taste, the Kenny Everett story. So Sean Bean got it. Blimey. It's a good one. Uh, in children's drama, it was Wolf Blood. So many different programmes. You know, in my day, it was Tales of the Riverbank, where you had a hamster and a couple of other things wandering around. Now it's Wolf Blood. It's all changed, isn't it, really? Uh, children's programme, the winner was Room on the Broom. That's the Nancy DeLolio story. Sorry, no, I made that bit up. That's not true at all, actually. Uh, comedy performances, Jessica Hines for 2012. Nominees for children's programme, Horrible Histories and News Round, up and away. Used to be my favourite. Daytime programme, Remembrance Week. That was the winner for the Royal Television Society. And the nominees were The Chase. See, I thought that could do well. And Jamie's 15-minute meals, provided you got all the ingredients in. Um, for drama serial, Good Cop. For documentary series, Protecting Our Children, a BBC production for uh, BBC Two. And you wait till you discover who the, who the entertainment programmes are and the entertainment performances and history we've got as well. Live event and nations and regions programmes. There's some interesting names in the frames coming up in a second on LBC 97.3. If you've just woken up, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. You're very welcome. The time now is 530 Morning, budget day. Mm. Terrible. As the mirror say today, uh, we have a plan. Do you, George? Crack down on the giant tax avoiders. That's most of the high street big companies. Make the rich pay the fair share of tax. Get the building homes in to kick-start the construction industry. Get the UK's young people into work. Cut fuel duty, get business moving. And freeze rates to boost the high street. 
And that's just their ideas of doing it. Because you see more and more shops boarded up in the high streets. More and more people who set fire... To, sorry, who uh, have in a, inexplained fires in their premises they can claim on, so that they can uh, try and set up another thing. It happens more and more. You see it all the time now. Now they're, they're very good at sussing these sort of people out. But many of the high streets, in, you know, not just in London, but outside of London as well, are sort of looking in a very shoddy state. You know, how often do you see for rent? And it's, it's greedy landlords. They don't care. They want to... They, they, in fact, in a lot of cases, the landlords want to to sort of prize out little local businesses. They want the coffee shops in. So that's why every high street has got every coffee shop you can think of. You go down Chiswick High Road, you go down um, you go down Twickenham, you go down Kingston, they're all there on every corner. Asks, Costa Coffee, Starbucks Coffee. You know, all the people, you know, who every time you open up the newspapers, there's more things about their clever, creative accounting. And you think, it's just not right, is it? It's just not right. But quite clearly, you don't give a... 4X, because you're still drinking coffee in these places. Uh, from the Royal Television Society from last night, just before I give you the gadget competition for today, Celebrity Juice got the entertainment programme. The judges said the divine alchemy of the right talent in the right format, with a mission only to create the biggest belly laughs possible, make this an unmissable channel-defining treat. Were they drunk, do you think, the panel? Are you watching the same filth I'm watching on the television? The nominees were Britain's Got Talent and Dynamo Magician Impossible. Entertainment performances. Uh, Will I Am, the nominees were Will I Am, The Voice UK, Charlie Brooker, 10 o'clock live, or Ant McPartlin and Declan Donnelly. And the winners were Ant and Dec. The jury said they are just brilliant. They get better and better. Well, I don't know, have you seen their advert for a well-known supermarket? I mean, they must need the money. I've, I really feel as though they've sold out doing an advert for a supermarket. I don't know why. Every time I watch it, I cringe. It's such poor acting. You know, to try and convince you to go to a supermarket by Anton Decker, they must have paid them a fortune for it. So they, they must need the money. But I just, I just think it's sad. Very sad. But anyway, they're brilliant. Quite simply, you couldn't have I'm a Celebrity without them. Uh, in... Uh, what else we got here? International Girls made uh, HBO for Sky Atlantic. The live event was the London Olympics. The nominees were the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Concert and the London's Paralympics. Uh, they also got... Now, who, who got an award here? Oh, yes, presenter for... Um, it doesn't say what it is, actually, but the nominees were Dr James Fox, History of Art in Three Colours, Grayson Perry, all in the best possible taste. I'm a bit bored with Grayson Perry. And Claire Balding for the Olympic coverage. And the winner was Claire Balding. As I said to you before, the, the person who knows how to present joyful, effortless, commanding, with a perfect understanding of what viewers at home wanted to know. I said that before. There's, there's no doubt about it. She knows exactly what she's talking about. She's, uh, she's articulate. She's pleasing to look at. Everything about her. Fantastic. And, uh, and then in scripted comedy, that went to Alan Partridge for Welcome to the Places in My Life. Uh, soap drama. The nominees were Hollyoaks, EastEnders and Coronation Street. And the winner was Coronation Street. But nobody was saying anything about what Ken Barlow has been saying. Oh, Ken. Writing. The writing team, The Thick of It. Uh, that was a BBC production for BBC Two. Uh, writer of a drama, Stephen Moffat for Sherlock. I thought that would be it. That was it. The, the judges' award went to Danny Boyle. The man who's he's got a book out, actually, hasn't he? I think Danny Boyle, which I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to reading. So, uh, well done to all the winners at the Royal Television Society. Their award ceremony last night It went on into the wee small hours. There was one particular actress, I can't remember who it was, who was so drunk 
They had to be helped off the stand by Joe Brand, which apparently, I'm told, was hilarious. Watching her trying to get into the car was even more hilarious. 84850, uk, And don't forget, if you've just woken up, it's our competition, it's our gadget competition. Today we're offering you, in our gadget giveaway, the HTC One mobile phone. Got everything. Got everything. Just check it out online. It's very good. It's got the Android operating system. You can get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning, provided you are the person who is picked out who knows the answer to this question. What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. Before 6.30 this morning, text costs... (laughs) Sorry, pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk. So, what kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? Have you noticed this week, all the questions have been about vodka. Do you think it's been specifically targeted for me? Vodka, Kahlua and cream. Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. That text will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time of 6.30, you will not be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. More of your texts and emails coming in. Oh, I just, just had a craving then, just for a brief moment. Pickled onions. I just had a craving for a pickled onion. Isn't that funny? I bought some the other day. The, the vinegar was so strong, it made me cry. But I do, I do, I do like uh, pickled onions, actually. Uh, 84850, uh One here says, Ron, in the 60s, a Chinese restaurant uh, in a certain part of the country was caught using cat food in their meals. It was the dustman that gave the tip off to, after finding loads of empty tins of kitty cat in the dustbin, knowing there were no cats on the premises. I think that was quite common, wasn't it? That was People used to talk about things like that. Apparently, it is possible to actually eat cat food. Although, personally, when we had a cat, I couldn't bear the smell of it on a cold winter morning. Oh, dear. Actually, we've had the newsreader complaining about the temperature in the studio already. He said, it's very cold in here. And he's actually well padded. Believe you me. He's very, very well padded. Uh, uh, well, you sold me, Steve, says Nick. I've got a fever, that's it. A fever, the only action I can take is to eat chicken soup or failing that chicken flavour crisps. Well, it's the same, isn't it? As long as it's chicken flavour, it's fine. Chicken soup. What's that? Jewish penicillin, I think they call that. I'm trying to check on the weather, see if there's this snow. There's no snow, just rain today, widespread frost overnight, and tomorrow cloudy and cold with rain and strong winds. Oh, that'll be umbrellas being blown inside out. Except me, because I've got a gust buster, and I'm a very happy person. They don't blow inside out, which is good. 84850, Um Was that show called WPC 56, played by Jenny Jacques? I don't, it's really good, though. I tell you what, I, I was sort of watching it, and then it finished, and I went, oh, it's, it's good. Uh, Phil says, your gadget competition seems to involve vodka. As it's your favourite drink, do you make the cocktails when you get home? No, I've never made cocktails. My brother used to. I, I should make one for each day. In fact, what we should really have, I mean, if, we, if we'd done this properly, we should have arranged with somebody to sort of give us a bottle of vodka and every day I'll make it and drink it on air and we'll see how the programme improves. You know, we'll sort of start at 5.15 in the morning. Imagine 5.15 in the morning having a drink. You know, and they go, I had a little drink. I had a drinky booze. It's never going to work, is it, really? It's just not going to work. But it, it would be quite funny to taste Because some of them sound quite nice. Some of them quite, so, sound, sound quite nice. But, uh, no... 
Unfortunately not. So WPC 56, is that what it's called? It's definitely good. I was watching Downton Abbey the other day. It's very good. I do love, I do love Maggie Smith. There's something about Maggie Smith. She's just, she's just perfect. The Americans love it. I'm not surprised because they liked Upstairs, Downstairs. They liked Brideshead Revisited. They like the costume dramas because because we do them so well. I mean, Maggie Smith, when she glides across the floor, looks like she was made to glide across the floor. Really is good. Really is good. Uh, a librarian's been fired. I didn't think librarians often get fired. They're always very quiet people. This one was unfortunately sacked. Uh, after footage of Oxford University students doing the Harlem Shake appeared on YouTube, they were in St Hilda's College Library, and they were doing this shake thing, which apparently is very popular. And uh, those who've been identified have been fined. Oh dear, they're not messing around here, are they? No sense of, no sense of achievement or sense of humour at all. The librarian had nothing to do with the protest. She just happened to be there at the time. Protesters what the fines dropped, and the librarian, Calypso Nash... Reinstated. There's a name and a half, isn't it? Calypso Nash. The 30-second clip was filmed at 11.30pm. And they said here it was just a viral dance sensation. And so they find people. They've sacked it. Well, that's really horrible. What horrible people are at Oxford University in St Hilda's College Library? Boo! Boo you! Boo you! Shame on you for sacking somebody. And especially somebody called Calypso Nash. Put them back in immediately. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. I don't want to get it wrong and go, he should be reinstated, because I have a feeling it's probably a woman called Kurt. But put her back in. Boo! Over in Oxford, you meanies. You Go on, I bet there's far worse gone on. Far worse. Uh, the rich Brit, they haven't identified him, but uh, he bought the Diana dress for £240,000. A, a quarter of a million. I'll tell you what's doing really well for the British... Sorry, for the V&A Museum, their exhibition on David Bowie. It's the fastest selling. They've sold 42,000 tickets. 42,000 tickets. And I should imagine it's going to be as popular as their film one, which had the most beautiful costumes from all the films, really famous, famous people's costumes. It was just wonderful, but packed solid. And the David Bowie one, I didn't think there were enough people to keep that going. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any doubts it would be successful. But their fastest selling show, the David Bowie one, I do have a ticket for it. It has to be said. I'm going over the Easter break. I am here over Easter, incidentally, on Good Friday and on the Easter Monday, uh, between four and seven. So we'll just take it all the way through till seven o'clock when we'll have uh, breakfast as per usual. Unlike Tom Jones singing, it's not unusual. Owl. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Actually, it doesn't really mean anything, does it, at all? 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. Um, so I'm glad you've told me about that. Uh, WPC show, because I'd know, what a funny name for a show, isn't it? Very, very funny show. But, uh, but Jan says, you crack me up. Well, oh, there you go. Uh, quarter to six. <laughs> New headlines this morning with Dan Whitehead. Government departments could face another £2.5 billion worth of cut. So the year's biggest audience, biggest audience, thank you very much indeed. Uh, I thought the Pope was very good yesterday. He actually ditched the Pope-mobile. I mean, I feared for him, because you get some loonies out there, don't you? But he was out there and everybody seemed very pleased. I love you. I'm, I'm sort of warming to him a little bit. He doesn't look like the Pope, though. I want. I know he's 76. He doesn't look like a 76. I don't like change, you see. I don't like change. I mean, I liked the Pope before. I told you, Pope John Paul was my, my favourite, because he looked like the Pope. He looked like a kind... You know, he, you wanted him to be your granddad. He looked kind... He looked like the Pope. I know this one is the Pope, but it's only a few people sitting around going, OK, you're, you're, you're Pope this time round. You know, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's not it's not divine intervention from God, as far as I'm concerned. You know, when God finally sends down the bolt of lightning and goes, it's you. Oh, dear, we've just blown him up. 
You know, then I'll, I'll start believing it. I'm looking at this, uh, this programme, this, uh, this WPC programme is on every day, WPC 56. Set in the 50s in, I think, the Midlands, certainly up north somewhere. Probably a council estate, I shouldn't wonder. But it's very good. I do quite like it. I, hope that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously toying with the, with, with the DVD, as I'm sure there will be one coming out. Uh, so, Peter Shilton, in court, drink driving, £1,000 fine, and uh, luckily we, we've taken Brian Ferry's son off the roads, but he's been warned because he was driving with no insurance, an idiot of the first order, and carrying a blade. So he's got community service, but uh, as usual with sort of people like this, uh, they've managed to sort of get themselves a very good lawyer, and so they've managed to get that deferred for a little bit, which is OK. I don't have a problem with that. As long as he ends up paying for his uh, for his crime, that's good. But driving with no insurance, just the, the mark of an idiot, I'm afraid. A dangerous person, very dangerous person. But uh, the court have said to him, if you're caught with a knife again, you will go to prison for six months. No messing around. You've been caught twice now. If you're caught again with a knife, whether it's a present or whether you've just found it in a Christmas cracker... You're going to prison for six months, and the consequences on your lucky life so far will be devastating. Well, he's done nothing, as he? he's not contributed anything at all. You know, you've got Otis, who was a bit of a waste of space. The other one called Tara. Very strange. Why would you call a boy Tara? I don't get that at all. Anyway, yesterday, history was made in Lambeth. I don't think we've had a winner in Lambeth on the gadget competition for ages, but Millie Sims was our winner yesterday, and has put Lambeth on the map. I'd love you to put your area on the map, because she identified, and it was the only one I've known, I'm afraid, that vodka, tomato juice and Worcestershire sauce make up Bloody Mary. And she won herself a fabulous Nikon digital camera. You'll be able to master it very easily. Today, on the gadget competition, the gadget giveaway, it's a brand new HTC One mobile phone with Android operating system. If you saw it, you'd, you'd like it a lot. It's very nice. It's got photo gallery that moves. It's got light. It's, it's got everything. It sings. It dances. It'll probably do the washing up if you ask it nicely enough. And you could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning, which, in other words, in 30, 40 minutes' time. So one lucky listener will win this HTC One phone today just by answering this question correctly. What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? Vodka, Kahlua and Cream. To enter this competition, you must text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by the answer, and then you send that to 84850. It's got to be here before 6.30, OK? Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Nice prize. Eight minutes to six. I've been, been very remiss, I'm afraid, uh, mentioning the time for you. Only because I thought if I was listening at home, I wouldn't want to... Although I did it the other day and I gave out the wrong time check. And somebody, somebody went into a complete panic saying, you've just said it said... And I've just nearly sort of, you know, fallen apart. Uh, I did text yesterday, thank you for, uh, for downloading the programmes. We get them up fast. And in fact, Noreen, who knows these things, says that Kat has beaten Giles's record of getting the programme. Giles held the record for getting the programme up fastest, but Cat has beaten him. So Giles, my former producer, uh, he's lost that. I mean, there'll be tears. There will be tears and everything. It'll be awful. It'll be disaster. It'll be phone. I'm going to be sobbing down the phone and I'll, I'll say, grow up, get over yourself. But uh, she gets the programme up fast. So we have a free podcast for you every day, which is up uh, before seven o'clock. And then the other podcast of the programme, minus the ads and minus all the little bits and pieces. And I, I don't know, does the competition run on the... Or do we take the competition out as well? 
She couldn't physically take that out. So we put a thing on the bottom just saying that any competent... Right. So just in case you think, you know, I could do it later on, you can't. It only runs till 6.30 each morning on the programme. So don't text after that, OK? But uh, we'll have that one up for you. Now, that's a, the, the one before seven is our gentle look at celebrities. Colleen the Chav. It's very mellow, very laid back. But I know people who download... Somebody wrote to me and said they were on holiday and they were sitting there by their cabana on the beach... I thought there was a chocolate bar, but apparently it's not. It's a little cabin you sit in. And they were sitting there and they were laughing, listening to one of the podcasts. Because I do get that a lot. I get, I've always wanted to go to somebody, I said yesterday on the train, who said they're going... <laughs> you see them, they're just laughing. And I was thinking, are you listening to me? Because, we, you know, we get thousands and thousands. So by the law of averages, it's going to be somebody listening to this... Pro- You're not going to be laughing at listening to Brian Ferry's latest tune, are you? Or Rod Stewart's latest hit, which I think is called It's Over. And and I think it's a it's a, send, a, a self-penned album. I think he's I think this it's called Time the album. And eleven out of the twelve tracks are written by him. So he's obviously so it's obviously quite it'll be interesting to hear that actually because all his other stuff has been covers. He's done the sort of cover things anyway. So uh, yeah, so people listening to the program. So then you you pay if you go to the LBC website you can learn how to download and from as little as two pounds a month, two pounds a month you can download. Every single programme on LBC, and you can keep them forever. So if you're going away on holiday, if you've got a long flight to do, you just download loads and loads of programmes, and then you can listen to them, and you could save them, or you can delete, you do whatever you like with them. But the thing is, the trick is that you have to download them, because they fall off the end, because there's only so much space we've got on the website. So if you download now, then by tomorrow there'll be some programmes that have fallen off the end, and you don't want to miss anything, do you? Um Alison Phillips, writing in the, the Daily Mirror today, uh, she says, Too many years spent posing in chintzy aprons and worshipping housework have clearly warped Anthea Turner's mind. In an interview which sounded like it was conducted in that 1950s heyday of domestic servitude, Anthea this week revealed how, after much consideration, she blames herself for her husband Grant straying. She concluded that having to go out to work and spent months filming in Canada, where ironically she was recording a programme titled Perfect Housewife, was too much for their marriage. She should have sat at home cooking cupcakes all along, she appears to reason. Perhaps it's worth mentioning here that the reason Anthea was having to go out and bring back the bacon is because her cheating, good-for-nothing husband's property business had gone bad. I mean, she's a terrible role model. Anthea Turner is the most patronising woman on television. That's why you hardly ever see her. That's why they're shoving Canada. Perhaps they like the patronising look. She said, uh, Anthea's a bright, energetic, smart woman. Why she ended up with a bozo like Bovey is a question in itself. And why she put up with the cheating? Maybe she truly loves him. But I, we mentioned that, that interview on the front of the paper, and I thought to myself, listen, you've had your five minutes of fame. Get rid of the bozo, you know. But mind you, I suppose... They've got this... I mean, she's struggling at the moment. In a, is it a £5 million house or a £10 million? It's so difficult when you're bankrupt now to really make ends meet, isn't it? But anyway, maybe she truly loves him, or maybe she felt their marriage was worth fighting for. Either way, there are plenty of reasons why she might have chosen to forgive his fling with a 25-year-old heiress with a double barrel surname, but surely one of them wasn't that it was because his affair was her fault. For time immemorial, she writes... Women have blamed themselves for men's failings. We've blamed ourselves because men are violent. We've blamed ourselves because men are pushier at getting their way at work. We've blamed ourselves because they can't be expected to juggle a demanding job and help out at home. By shouldering responsibility for the affair publicly, Anthea is protecting Grant for having to do the same. Oh, he's a drip, isn't he? 
I remember he became quite nasty when people were saying, if you dare say that my business is in trouble, I shall be suing. Next thing, belly up. Belly up. But uh, his, his actions cannot, cannot be excused at all. But she says, um, and how will Anthea deal with, with, you know, the thing? I mean, she didn't cut his suits up or pour away expensive wine, which we've had people do before, which was, I think makes you feel better. I had a, a next-door neighbour once who fell out with her husband and she threw all his clothes out the window. Everything. They were landing on the pavement and people were going, oh, clothes raining from heaven, getting free clothes for today. But she says here, do you think he'll make the same idiotic mistake again? Because like a spoiled child who's got away with something once, you can be sure there'll be a next time. Oh, see, I've said this all the time. Men who cheat generally will get away with it again. They only get caught out first time round. And how will Anthea deal with that? Will it be her fault that his dinner wasn't cooked properly or his shirt wasn't ironed? At least... It won't be the fault of her backside, though, because, as Anthea informed the interviewer, Grant's very keen on it. Oh, he's very happy with his wife. To be honest with you, I've never actually looked at Anthea's bottom. I've thought, well, I mean, if it's better than the face and it speaks better, I'll go for that one. But they said, he looks like a kid who's been found with his hand in the sweetie jar, whose mum says not to worry because it was her fault for leaving the sweeties there. Yes, don't hide his dirt under the carpet. It's just not very pleasant. Not very pleasant. Anthea's a little bit... Princess Tippy-toes, as named by one particular presenter. Uh, The Duchess of Cambridge has said she's prepared for sleepless nights as the patter of those royal footsteps move move ever closer. No, 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 no. No, you'll have nurses and nannies and people... This will be the most pampered child ever. This will be the most pampered child ever. There's a girl here... Oh, I knew this would hit the papers. It's uh, Melissa on her life as a teenage soap star. And um, this is Melissa Suffield, and she plays, apparently, Lucy Beale. And she's been on the show since the age of 11, but every day those ten minutes seem to last a lifetime as a young actress faced a barrage of threats and foul-mouthed abuse. She was constantly bullied. Now, you know, they put these, these stories in the papers almost on a regular basis, you know... Children end up taking their lives because bullying goes on. It goes on all the time. You saw that couple who were bullied. They were harassed by a woman who pretended to be their child who'd gone missing. And she wasn't sent to prison. You know, these sort of people should be weeded out. She says, the bullies were confusing me with my role in EastEnders. They tried to push me onto the train tracks. I thought they wanted to kill me. Some people are too stupid, I'm afraid, to realise that what you see on television, not real... Not real. Ant and Deck don't really go round going, Oh, come on, come on, let's play this game together. It's not like that's what they do on television. And in the case of EastEnders and Coronation Street, it's not real. It's pretend. There is no place called Walford. I promise you. It's promise. On FM, online and digital radio. Alan. Don't forget, coming up with Nick Ferrari this morning, because it's budget day. Budget day, you'll hear it with... Julie Hartley Brewer a little bit later on live when the Chancellor delivers his spring budget. But Nick Ferrari, after the news at seven, will be getting a very unique perspective on what Osborne's speech should cover. Plus all the latest on the PCS strike that's set to affect job centres, border controls and even galleries and museums around London. And uh, what now for British savers in Cyprus? Nick will be asking if expats can now trust their money in Cypriot Thanks. Plus, a full review of the day's newspapers, Chris Blackhurst, editor of The Independent, group editorial director of Independent Newspapers, and The Evening Standard will be live in the studio. You've got 25 minutes to get your answers in for the gadget competition for today. Don't do it after half past. Want to make sure that you get your, your correct answer in. Today we're offering you, on the gadget giveaway, a brand new HTC One mobile phone with Android operating system. It's quite a cool piece of kit. 
In fact, it's a very cool... I had a look at a picture of it earlier on. It does look very nice indeed. And you can get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. Could be you, provided you know the answer to this question. What kind of cocktail is made up of vodka, Kahlua and cream? Kahlua is spelled K-H-A-L-U-A. Vodka, Kahlua and cream. What's the name of that cocktail? To enter, you text the word gadget, G-A-D... G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. It's got to be before 6.30, so it's just under the 25 minutes at the moment. The text will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. And it's Millie Sims of Lambeth, who was our winner for yesterday. So she gets the nick on camera. Well done. There's a, a, a dreadful picture of the paper day. You sometimes ask yourself, we've had it before, haven't we, is there such a thing as an evil child? Is there such a thing as somebody who is so sick? Or is it just that they're pretending and they're living in a little fantasy world? I used to worry about people years ago who used to play Dungeons and Dragons. That was a really strange thing. And here's a teenager called TJ Lane who gunned down people at school. He borrowed his, his uncle's rifle. He was 17. He shot three other teens dead outside his school in Ohio with his uncle's gun in February last year. He spent his whole time in court chuckling as the judge was saying, he'd written on his, uh, in his T-shirt, because he's quite clearly of limited intelligence, killer. And when the judge said that he would spend the rest of his life in prison with no chance of parole, he just went to all of you. He couldn't care less. He laughed his way through the whole thing. Whereas, in fact, uh, and even when they brought out relatives of those that he'd murdered, he just laughed at them. He pointed and laughed at them. And uh, one person said um, I, I, he's just a pathetic excuse for a human being. But the trouble is that's all you can say about him. He is pathetic. The trouble is he, he can't get the death penalty in America uh, because he was under the age of 18 at the time of the murders. So the family have to live with the fact that this low-rent, low-life, this person who is a complete waste of space, gets away with it. But uh, when, of course, he gets into prison... He won't be getting away with it for much longer. They have their own punishment that they deal out in court, so he, he grins his way through it. And you, you think to yourself, if you were the family, if you were a relative of one of those people that he murdered, it would just, you know, you would just feel so dreadful. Uh, Arthur says, on the Anton Deck advert for the supermarket, I think they're doing it because they need the money, should they be allowed behind the counter without wearing protective clothing? There's a point. I never thought about that. They do a lot of touching of food. I mean, I just, I just don't like it. I don't know why. It makes me, cr- makes me cringe, that advert, for some strange reason. I don't know why. Um, thank you very much indeed for the, uh, for the poster. We've been sent the final poster. I don't know how we're going to put... Can we put that up? On- I don't know how we put that up. on. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? The, there we are. That's 13th of April. £3 to go in. Exhibition, sales fair and lectures on the Titanic. The 101st anniversary, preserving the memory of the British Titanic Society. How lovely. How lovely. We never found out, did we, how much the violin went for... John, they were saying, they, they were estimating, estimating the um, violin to fetch £400,000. This is the one that was played on the deck as the Titanic sank, and they've had it verified, and they, they've checked it, and it's, it's all kosher and wonderful. And uh, Don says, I was one of the people who listened to your show from another giggling listener, and now listen from Grand Canaria, and I giggle and keep the podcast to make my neighbours laugh. Thank you very much. I bet you've got better weather than we have over here. I should, although I had dreadful weather. The last time I went to Grand I wouldn't go back to Grand Canaria now. We had the most awful weather, I'm afraid. Absolutely awful. And I, I don't know why. There was no logical reason uh, why it was so dreadful. It was cold. It was miserable. Oh, God, I hated every second of it. Hated every second of it. 
84850stevedlbc.co.uk. There's, um... What is this here? Oh, this is, um... Oh, I can't read that, actually. It's a It's a, a Channel 4. Channel 4 have been given a rap on the knuckles for doing a joke uh, relating to something which is not to be spoken about on the programme. That's as far as I can go, I'm afraid. But uh, they've got an astronaut's guide to a space station's zero-gravity loo. And they've had to do... Because if you're up in space, it's zero-gravity. So they've had to make this this piece of apparatus, which you have to take with you. So the people at NASA have actually solved the problem... Uh, of how to use the smallest room in the universe. And it's quite funny, actually. It's just basically a tube, I think, where you're just sort of, you know, like sitting in the car. They do make car toilets, you know, for long journeys. Because sometimes it's very difficult to actually go to the... Because you can't. If you're stuck in a traffic jam and you really, really want to go to the toilet, and the more somebody on the radio mentions the fact that you want to go to the toilet, the more you want to go to the toilet. And the more you see running water, and the more it's... And it's, and it's just dreadful. Because you think, I wish you'd shut up about going to the toilet. It's like being a diabetic. We had somebody the other day who went into a place that can use your toilet. And they said no. And they said, but I'm a diabetic. I need to use the toilet. I need to go to the toilet. They said, well, no, you can't. And so we don't have any toilets in Twickenham anymore. But you can use the ones in the Kentucky Fried Chicken. You have to go past a lot of dead chicken covered in stuff. And then you sort of, and then you, um, and then you go to the toilet. That's how it works, I'm afraid. That's how it works nowadays. Uh, there's a, a bloke here who was playing rugby. And he had a heart attack. It's amazing how many young people have these heart attacks now. But he was saved by a rival from the other side. who's a medic, which is very lucky. Uh, Real Britain today, as the Chancellor delivers his budget, spare a thought for Irene Allen. Irene Allen is, uh, is just a stone's throw. She'll be waiting at the side door of Westminster Chapel, hoping no one sees her slip inside the Iron Gate with her red food bank voucher. Irene's an ordinary British person who's worked hard all her life, born in Manchester, spent her working life as a chambermaid in some of London's swishest hotels. Now she's 61, and she'd still be working, except she's got severe arthritis of the spine, a faulty heart valve, and cancer of the bowel. Still, Mr Osborne's government cracking down on disability claimants has found her fit for work. I don't know how, she says. There's not a lot left of me in working order, to be honest. The problem is, she's ordinary. She's one of the everyday millions who make up the fabric of our country. Not a scrounger, or perhaps even a striver, just a normal person with strengths and flaws. The problem is that this government, given the choice to help fellow millionaires grow richer or help ordinary people survive, has nailed its colours to the mast by choosing tax cuts for the rich. In just ten days' time from April the 1st, when a whole new slew of new government cuts begins to bite Britain, being ordinary means bearing the brunt of austerity. It's a cruel April Fool's joke on people who did nothing to cause the financial crisis. Irene's one of the people that Osborne, the wallpaper baronet, has referred to as sleeping off on a life of benefits. Irene admits she sleeps on the sofa a lot because of the cancer, mainly under a threadbare quilt that saves on the heating bill. She gets £60 a week in benefits. That's electricity... TV licence, gas, the catalogue for the very few clothes she buys new. She lives off toast and rice fried with onions. Her biggest treat is a £1.99 chicken that lasts for a few days. For now, the disability payments are suspended, awaiting a tribunal. Sometimes, she says, I dream of a leg of lamb. That's my biggest dream. Instead, her elderly mum is dying up in Manchester and she tries to put away a pound here and there for the five-hour coach trip. Things are about to get... 
Much worse for Irene. Not just because she's awaiting her tribunal and news on the cancer in her bowel. On April the 1st, benefits she already struggles to survive on face a 4% cut in real terms. Her council tax benefit will be cut by 10%. The benefit cap may see her thrown out of the home she lives in central London. Crisis loans, which she's relied on before, are being abolished and left at the discretion of cash-strapped local councils. Should she win back her right to disability benefits, she faces qualifying for a whole new scheme, personal independence payments. Still, she likes to look on the bright side. She says, at least I won't be paying the bedroom tax. I've only got one bedroom. LBC 97.3 Hello. 6.20. Trying to be cheerful about the weather and trying to make sure it doesn't really matter, but um, it's freezing. Not at, well, just not outside. In here, it's freezing. But uh, we like the temperature. It, it, it annoys certain people. Uh, you've got uh, ten minutes to have a go to get yourself uh, your hands on my HTC One phone today. Keep it as a spare. It's lovely. Check it out online. You can see exactly what it looks like. I'll give you the details in a, in a few moments. And uh, Nick Ferrari and the team. So it's budget day. You will want to know by the end of the... All you want to know is, though, how much worse off you're going to be. If you're a beer drinker, apparently you might, you might be doing quite well. The Chancellor might scrap the 6p rise on a pint of beer. So it doesn't affect me in the slightest. And I don't know how it works, because a pint of beer is not a standard price. Wherever you go in the country, it's a different price. So it'll be cheaper in Liverpool than it is in London. And if you buy it in a London club, the price goes through the roof. What, what point is 6p off? Where is this mythical 6p off? I don't think it actually works like that. At least with petrol... You know, the prices are roughly the same. It does annoy me, though. It's like Bureau de Changes. Why don't they have the same rate at every single one of them? Well, they don't. I never know who, who wants to go and buy, sort of use a Bureau de Change now. Because anybody, whenever I go to America, I've got a card. My card I put into the American machine and it gives me dollars. So much easier than going to a Bureau de Change. I thought they were sort of things from a bygone era, I'm afraid. Um, scientists have taken a major step towards bringing an extinct species back to life, like in Jurassic Park. This is a frog, which apparently died out in 1983, uh, but they've managed to find some frogs. I don't know they managed to find this. I never quite understood Jurassic Park, apart from taking out the DNA of animals. You have a T-Rex? We have a T-Rex. And that was a very good idea. So this this frog here, they're, 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 they're currently doing this experimentation in Washington, and they say it's the first time it's been done, and it could be really, really, really successful. So we we keep our fingers crossed there. I see a warrant for the arrest of uh, Leandro Penner has been issued the other day. Leandro Penner, of course, was Katie Price's ex, and uh, he failed to show up for a court appearance. He was due at Thames Magistrate's Court, and uh, the judge, Jane McIvor, has given the uh, the arrest, uh, the go-ahead to arrest him. He speaks little English. No, believe you me, he speaks enough English. He's not that dumb. And he later posted a clip online of himself pruning a tree with a chainsaw. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I think you'll be going and it'll be contempt of court. Dreadful. Uh, yesterday, you were talking about Blue Peter. Did you ever get a Blue Peter badge, says Carol? No. Never. Never got a... I never applied for one, actually. I never applied. I did go down to watch the programme. It was one of the, the few live programmes on television where they couldn't keep the cats on the settee. Do you know the first thing? So they say, welcome to Blue Peter. Da, da, dun, dun, dun. And then the cats would go and shoot off set. So what they used to do, they put them on a cushion with an indentation and put food in the cushion so that the cat would eat it. The moment the titles were got, the cats shot back to their baskets because they weren't looked after by the... They had a woman who looked after the cats for them. But... Uh, Carol says, I got one in 1963 for writing a poem about Petra the dog, and I've still got it. 
Oh, wow. They, they give out gold Blue Peter badges, didn't they, for something? But the trouble is, Blue Peter now is a shadow of its former self. It's, it's, it comes from a broom cupboard with Barney Haywood and some barking mad woman who did a tightrope wall, but that's all I know about them. In the early days, I thought it was, it, it was a bit better, actually. Uh, Steve, the irritating Anthea Turner and her balmy views makes even the Stepford wives look good, says Lynn. <laughs> yes, it's interesting. I mean, she is, she is Princess Tippy Toes. I don't know why she comes across as so patronising. Perhaps that's why you don't see her on television in this country, apart from the dancing on ice. Where we all had to put up with the, uh, with that bozo Grant Bovey, as uh, as named in the uh, in the papers today. Oh, here's Cherie. Cherie Blair is pictured in the paper today. Uh, she chairs her foundation for women. Oh, sort of foundation. We, we've talked about foundations before. They're tax things, aren't they? You put all your money into a foundation and you give out to certain causes, but it comes with benefits. And here she is, um, spicing up a centre for empowering females. She went to Gujarat, and apparently all the women looked at her. Who is she? Who is she? They weren't too sure who she was at all. It just, I just thought it was a photo opportunity. I just couldn't think of anything, anything else, I'm afraid. Uh, there's a British tourist in the paper. She leapt out of a hotel to flee a rapist. It turns out she alleges to be the hotel manager. Uh, John Cleese says BBC comedy bosses are faulty. That's a play on faulty towers. And, of course, the BBC have just sold off. Lonely Planet. They paid, I think, £130 for it. They've just sold it for 80 They've lost a fortune. They've lost an absolute fortune. They've got rid of it because they never sort of did anything with it. Uh, And here's a picture of old old David Beckham again. And a very odd picture. He's first of all saying that they they didn't use a double for his advert. And they're saying, yes, we did. So somebody's telling porcupines somewhere along the way, I suspect. Lots of pictures of uh, Russell Brand... And Noel Gallagher. And also pictures of Peter Shilton. Apparently it's the coldest march since the Beatles LP 50 years ago. They always tried to find something else. Ditch bingo. Benefits cut. Ditch the SIGs. Fury over advice to tenants. It's a housing firm telling council tenants to ditch satellite television, booze, fags and bingo if they want to keep their homes. Which I think is uh, quite serious. And, and Bill Roach. Is he our weirdest celebrity since barking mad David Icke? who's in the papers. We've had Dan Quayle. Mel Gibson was quite, quite clearly off his trolley, I'm afraid. And um, he believes God directs his behaviour. He said, the Holy Ghost was working through me on this film and I was just directing traffic. Barking mad. Glenn Hoddle, another one. He told an interviewer in 1999, you probably don't remember this one. He says, you and I have been physically given two hands and two legs and two half-decent brains. Some people have not been born like this for a reason. The karma is working for another lifetime. He then tried to excuse himself by saying he never did it. Of course, Glenn Hoddle had a record out, Hoddle and Waddle. And they, I think it was called Diamond Lights. I think I bought it. Uh, Robert Downey is another one. David Icke, mad as a broom, I'm afraid. He thinks we're all lizards. And Tom Cruise is slightly cracked as well at the, at the same time. I love it. Uh, there's a lovely picture of the paper day of three popes together. Three popes together. Pope Francis, officially becoming head of the Catholic Church, as you know. And then uh, a picture has emerged of him with two predecessors. Uh, which is lovely. The beaming pontiff shunned the usual inauguration pomp by wading into the crowds. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. It's lovely. I still feel sorry for, for... Oh, we've got a picture of Calypso, who got booted out of the library at Oxford. Put her back in. They'll make life hell for you down there. Front page of the Express. Oh, you've got literally uh, three minutes to have a go for the gadget competition to get your hands on the 
HTC One mobile phone with Android facilities. You can have it as a spare or something like that. It's a really nice, nice piece of kit. So quickly have a go for that one. The Sun on the front page. Preggers Kate, swell time with TV baker Mary. This is Mary Berry, who we all adore. Bittersweet, the budget exclusive. Front of the Express today, how to boost your spending power. Might need help on that one a little bit later on. And uh, Radiant Kate showing off the royal bump. The mirror on the front page, Corrie's Ken, I'm so sorry. No comment from any of the Coronation Street people at the Royal Television Society Awards last night. And George Osborne, a year ago, he handed his rich pals a huge tax cut. And the mirror have said, so what about us? What about us this time round? Mail on the front page, Ken Roach. Bill Roach, sorry for my... Slur on abuse victims. He's 80. And uh, the women who dare to reveal what they earn to their friends. Nobody tells people what they earn nowadays. We noticed. At one time, people didn't tell you what they voted. Now they don't tell you what they earn. We like to keep things secret. Don't forget, uh, we shall do our best. We'll have our podcast up for you very, very quickly this morning. And that'll be the uh, the free podcast. It'll be up before 7 o'clock. And then we'll have the rest of the podcasting up very, very fast indeed. We can get it up faster than any other programme, is our proud boast on LBC 97.3. Wrap up warm. Have a lovely day. I'd put petrol in the car now, just in anticipation of it going up in the budget. But we'll have full coverage on LBC 97.3 with Julia Hartley Brewer. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. I'll tell you who the winner of the gadget competition is. Have a good day. Talk to you tomorrow. Up next, it's the LBC Morning News with Susan Bookbinder. LBC 97.3